Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the full moon in the first decan of Leo. I hope that you're doing well out there and having a wonderful January afternoon. Uh, we are going to be looking at the full moon through these rising signs. So if you are looking for some specific advice based on your particular chart, stick around. Uh, we're going to be talking about a special animal for this particular lunation and do an I Ching reading again today. So I just want to uh, welcome a few friends here today. Uh, we have KP1231 joining us from snowy Cleveland. Nice to see you, KP1231. Yeah, it's been pretty snowy here in Michigan as well, friends. Uh, I've been going through a little bit of a sun conjunct Pluto challenge with a plow company. Uh, so yeah, we're we're dealing with the uh, the fallout from from Snowland, but uh, we're getting it all worked out hopefully, and hopefully you are staying warm over there in Cleveland, friend. Uranus Ascending here says, hello Spencer, around Chicago-ish. I'm familiar with that Chicago-ish area, friend. I was a Oak Park, uh, I was born in Oak Park, Illinois, and my mom lived in Naperville for a long time, so uh, welcome Uranus Ascending from Chicago-ish. <clears throat> Cheryl Gates is here. Says hi, Cheryl here from Hawera, New Zealand. Wow, nice, Cheryl. That's awesome. Love to see our international friends stopping in. That's exciting. This is a new name. So welcome, welcome to the live stream today. Uh, hope that uh, you're doing well on your side of the earth, <laughs> and uh, uh, hope that we'll be able to bring you some light today, friend. Uh, Fion says Spencer versus Mr. Plow. Oh, Fion. Yes. Uh, first of all, welcome, friend. I'm glad to see you here in the uh, in the chat, uh, my friend Fionn over from Ireland. And uh, yeah, it has been Spencer versus Mr. Plow today. We we uh, to make a very long story short, we hired a plow company, and we've gotten probably about you know almost a foot of snow in the last week, and they haven't showed up when they said they were going to, and we prepaid. Um, and then they were like, oh, we're, send we're, we, uh, we're sending you the bill for the three times we came out to your house. And um, they never came to the house. So we're trying to figure out what's going on. They had the wrong address or something like that. And it's been a lot of back and forth. If you're wondering what's going on in the sky, I have Sun conjoined Pluto in the third decan of Capricorn in my sixth house, which is associated with uh, people who do a service for you in modern times. So there's been a little bit of an exposure of corruption and some challenges around that, but hopefully we're getting it squared away today. Uh, Uranus Ascending says nine degrees here. Oh my goodness, nine degrees over in Chicago-ish. Oh my gosh, it's been very, very cold out around here uh, as well. I just got outside for the first time in a couple days yesterday uh, when it was a balmy 22 degrees Fahrenheit. And um, yeah, it felt very different than the the negative temperatures we've been experiencing earlier. Robin Nadira is here. Says, Hi, Spencer. Excited to see what the full moon in Leo 1 will bring. You and me both, friend. Um, we're going to break it down today. Of course, we have the Aquarius sun opposing the Leo moon, and all of it's going to be square Jupiter. So we're going to take a look at that as well. We're going to talk a little bit about Saturn conjoining uh, a fixed star in the constellation of Cygnus the swan. So we'll talk a little bit about swans today. Um, yeah, and we'll try to, to get you all prepared for the, the, the big revelation of the, of the full moon. 
And we have a big, big day coming up this weekend, too, with the sun moving into Aquarius and Pluto moving into, into Aquarius as well. So we will uh, we'll break it all down. Laura Elizabeth says, hi, from frozen Vancouver, Washington. Oh, my goodness. You're dealing with the snow and the freeze as well. A lot of us here in the northern hemisphere of the United States are, are dealing with some very cold temperatures and lots of snow and lots of all the things that, you know, that entails. Uh, Uranus says, how kind of you to pay for plowing someone else's driveway. <laughs> Hope you get them straightened out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. That will be an interesting conversation. Um, you know, I think that sometimes these things happen and you have to be flexible in the moment. But, but I digress. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, friends, for stopping in. If, there, if more of you are hanging out in the shadows there, feel free to drop a little greeting in there. Or tell me where you're stopping in from. This is, uh, it's super exciting to see all of your beautiful faces. So welcome all of you here today. Uh, if you're a long time listener to the show, you'll notice that we've got some new, new features where we're able to kind of put chats up on the screen. So uh, I'll be able to see more of your face and, and share some of your ideas. Before we dive into the chart of the full moon in Leo, just a couple announcements. Um, I've got some 2024 offerings that I want to make you aware of. Uh, I am a professional astrologer, so in addition to doing these live streams, I do meet with clients every week. Uh, so you can go to spencermichaud.com and click on the book now button if you want to schedule a natal reading, which is in, in my parlance of my offerings, is called the mythos reading, where we discover your personal mythology that you've been living through your entire life, through, through astrology, through tarot, through fixed stars, through diamonds and spirits. There's all sorts of different layers and esoterica to it. It's really exciting going in on that journey with clients. Um, and then we have, uh, so that's the mythos reading. Kairos reading is a transit reading where I go into a lot of depth in a three-month period. I like keeping it shorter in that period because I find that that's a digestible um, portion of time to be able to work through with a client. I, of course, will look at a, a longer-term piece of time if that is something that would interest you. Uh, you can also schedule uh, a Hore quarterly check-in for a 10% discount. And then if you have one specific question, there's an oracle reading where if you have just one issue in your life that you're trying to figure out, we can use all sorts of integrative divination to work on that together. Uh, I also have a Trinity Big Three mini reading with Sun, Moon, Rising, and I offer astrological tutoring. So if you're trying to learn more about Hellenistic astrology in general, or the tarot, or fixed stars, or mythology, um, or the decans, which is one of my specialties, you can reach out and we'll schedule an hour together and we'll, we'll work on whatever curriculum that you're interested in learning. Okay, friends, I do have an Aquarius season sale that's coming up. If you enjoy the work that I do with the decans, I have a webinar series that I did on them that includes all of these different esoteric uh, informational systems, including tarot, fixed stars, etc. And they, each of them are about two and a half to three hours long. There's about 35 slides included with all of that. There are PDF of the slides, audio and video recording, um, Deccan flashcards that you get along with it. So check that out. The Deccans of Aquarius, some of which I will show you today, is 20% off at my store at spencermichaud.com. And finally, what I want to share is that my partner, Tanya Andrews, has a beautiful magical business named Third Coast Mojo. You can check her out on Etsy. 
Uh, and she has some wonderful offerings this month, one of which is the Come to Me oil that she has. She does things in the hoodoo tradition. And uh, it's, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. So if you're trying to attract more things into your life, whatever it may be, love or otherwise, this is a great offering to, to check out. Um, I believe she has 50% off her custom oils that she makes that are based specifically on your natal chart. So check that out, Third Coast Mojo on Etsy. And sign up for my email list if you want to know when some of these things are going to be offered. And then finally, today, if you are interested in supporting the work that I do in the channel, you can buy me a super chat or a super sticker during the broadcast with the little dollar sign that is appearing at the bottom of your chat on YouTube, or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com, whether you're listening now or in the future. That really does do a lot to uh, support the channel. Those are the only fundraising ways that I support this work here. Um, so if you are interested in helping me out and buying me the gift of time to do the research and whatnot, that is a great way to do so. So those are the announcements that I have for today. Thank you so much for bearing with me on that. I'm just going to check back in on the chat and see if there's any more friends stopping in. Steven the Jupiterian is here. says, hi, everyone. Sun can join Pluto feels. Yes, I'm definitely feeling that right now. This is uh, <laughs> this has been a little bit of a day so far, but I'm just happy to be here and sharing uh, sharing this time and, and uh, experience with all of you. Devin says, looking crisp, Spencer. Oh, thanks, Devin. Feeling pretty good today. Uh, had a little bit of my early morning meditation time taken up with bureaucratic red tape, but um, yeah, I'm in my comfort zone now. We're in our we're in our safe space and our our supportive group together, and we're going to go on a little journey. So nice to see you, Devin. Uh, Tracy says hello, lovelies. Nice to see you, Tracy. Nice to see you as well, friend. It's nice to see your little face there and the, the avatar. Is that your little daughter there? That is cool. Um, I'm really enjoying seeing uh, people's faces along with the the people that I usually see in the chat. They were super tiny before, but now I can see them bigger and can see kind of the essence of people. Pretty cool. Stella Rendition is here. It says, hi, Spencer and peeps. Nice to see you, Stella Rendition. I like your little oil slick there. Very cool. It looks like a planet almost, doesn't it? Nice to see you, my friend. Uh, Tracy says, yes, that is my daughter there. Cool. She looks like she is a bundle of joy. All right. So thank you, friends, for stopping in today and participating in the chat. Always love hearing all of your comments, questions. If you have a question over the course of our time today, feel free to post it in the in the chat. I'm always happy to, to answer things. Uh, please keep in mind, too, that I will be going over the full moon for each of the rising signs as well. Uh, Devin says, do you have the book Secrets of the Ancient Skies, Volume 1 and 2 by Diana K. Rosenberg? I just got them and they are amazing books on fixed stars. If not, what books do you have on them? I do have those books, Devin. Um, and just kind of randomly, those books are incredible. Um, and they're only available on eBay, question mark. Uh, somebody got me hip to those uh, uh, a few months ago, potentially, maybe a year or so ago. And um, there's only one place you can get them on eBay. Unfortunately, Diana K. Rosenberg passed away from cancer not that long ago. And I believe that she wasn't able to completely go through the entire process, like the editing process. So there's just so much information packed in these books. But they are really great books as far as unpacking uh, examples with the fixed stars. Uh, some other books I can highly recommend for fixed stars. I like 
Elizabeth Hazel's Little Book of Fixed Stars. I also enjoy reading Bernadette Brady's uh, Book of Fixed Stars and her one that in incorporates the planets and the fixed stars together. Um, I also have, uh, let's see, William Olcott's Star Lore is very good for fixed stars. And then I have another one I'm looking at my shelf here. Fixed stars in the chart. Well, let me see if I can get it. Oscar Oscar Holman, I think is his name, is another one that I really enjoy. Um, you can also find a fixed star magical book from, hold on a second. This is another cool one if you haven't seen it. This is a fixed stars sign and constellation magic by Christopher Warnock. Uh, really nice book here too. Get in hardcover edition. So yes, lots of lots of resources with fixed stars that so we could go on and on with books. Good stuff. And yeah, Devin is saying yes, only on eBay, independently published. Yeah, sadly, no index. Yeah, that's one of the challenges with that book. It's so packed full of information and it's two volumes, but it is somewhat difficult to find things in it. But that's not Diana's fault. She she had some challenges with a health issue and then sadly passed away before she finished. But anyone who's a fixed star fan, check those books out for sure. Uh, Tracy says, I need to update my pick. It's an old one. No worries, Tracy. Don't, no worries. We, uh, we'll get your essence through there, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So friends, full moon in Leo. Let's break it down. Uh, we are going to be taking a look at the chart here. And I'm going to share my screen for you just so that we can kind of get an idea of what we're looking at. So here is the chart, and I'll give us a little better view. You don't need to see my face that big. Uh, so here's the full moon in Leo 1. This is going to be happening on January the 25th, 2024, which is next Thursday around 12.54 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make the appropriate adjustment for your particular time zone. And uh, we are seeing the sun in its exile in Aquarius, freshly ingressed into the new sign from Capricorn to Aquarius, and co-present there with Pluto, um, where Pluto has ingressed into a new sign for the foreseeable future with the asterisks of a slight retrograde back into Capricorn at the end of the year. But we're getting more of, of a face full of Pluto in Aquarius starting Tomorrow, I'm recording this on Friday the 19th. It is going to ingress into Aquarius, excuse me, on the 20th, Saturday the 20th. And it's going to hang out there for a good 20 years or so after the, the slight retrograde back into, into Capricorn late in the year. So that's part of our story. Uh, you can see also that we are dealing with a opposition between the sun and the moon. And this is, this is always what we experience at full moons, but we're kind of trying to reconcile uh, some opposing energies in full moons. I like to think of the full moons as this spiritual energy coming through the sun, okay, like a, a conscious intention that we might be shining a spotlight on through our collective. 
and then it becoming embodied in the moon. Uh, sometimes when we have lunar cycles, at the new moons, of course, we have the moon and the sun in the same sign, so we have planting the seed of intention into a body at the new moon. And we have various points along the journey where we are having challenges or successes bringing that energy into the physical world. And here we hit a flowering point. Here we hit a tension point at the full moon. So what types of energies are we going to be experiencing with, first of all, the sun in the first 10 degrees of Aquarius? Well, this part of Aquarius, and I'll just show you this real quick, this is uh, something where we are dealing with the first 10 degrees and the Five of Swords card, which is associated with that particular area. This is a Venus-ruled Deccan in a Saturn-ruled sign. So with Aquarius 1, we are stepping down off of the throne of matter that we saw in the third Deccan of Capricorn, and we are heading off into exile. We're heading off into the fringe. Uh, a beautiful astrologer named Joy Usher from Australia wrote a, a great book named A Tiny Universe. And in that book, they describe the Capricorn energy as everything sort of inside the castle walls. Everything that we keep and hold prisoner within social expectation, uh, where we feel maybe alone, but within a certain set of structures. Whereas when we get the Saturnian energy associated with Aquarius, it is where we feel outside the walls of the center, where we're cast off into the frontier. And here, in this card, which is called the Lord of Defeat, oftentimes it comes through a, a challenge that we have with a social construct, where we have a, an experience of injustice, which is shown to us through the daimon Daiki, who basically was a goddess of justice. And in this, in this Deccan, we have the experience of seeing something unfair socially. And a lot of times we're like, we don't even want to play the game, right? We're just like, this, this system is corrupt, as, as we are seeing with the Sun and Pluto coming together in the last few decades of Pluto in Capricorn, where we're having to deal with corruption in our government systems and our leadership, in our wealth inequality, all of those things. And oftentimes when we get to this point in the, in the cycle with Aquarius 1, we're kind of like, I don't want to deal with it at all. I'm just going to go off and I'm going to live my own life on the fringe uh, and I'm not even going to participate on some level. So themes of exclusion, exile, isolation, escaping injustice, this, this particular set of cards and Aquarius, what I've learned through that study, has a lot of symbolism with refugees and immigrants too. So we may see a lot of uh, people going off into exile or into refugee to escape an untenable situation, of which we have many in the world right now. So sacrificing security for freedom may be part of the things that, that we're trying to, to achieve as a collective. And a, a lot of these themes could be helping us to understand Pluto moving into this Deccan as well. So Pluto is going to show us the challenges that we need to work through as a collective to make important changes by shining its, uh, I don't know, darkness or erupting its from the darkness 
some of the, the ways that these themes have fallen into disrepair and been pushed underground and ignored. Pluto tends to erupt them to the surface like vo volcanic activity. So we, we are going to see an eruption of having to deal with the way that we exclude people or the way that, that we've been cast into exile ourselves from the, you know, seeing the difference between the haves and the have-nots. This being a Venus-ruled Deccan, oftentimes we are trying to find beauty in, in exile, beauty on the fringe. Austin Kopic in his book 36 Faces often compares this to a coppersmith who is working with materials that may be of quote-unquote lesser value or lesser social value than things like gold or silver, but is still able to create something beautiful. So oftentimes we'll see people with planets in this Deccan creating something from trash that other people have discarded. So like upcycling or recycling things is a, is a theme here. So I'm, I would anticipate that with Pluto moving through this Deccan, we may see scientists learn how to repurpose some of the trash that we've, I don't know, dumped into the ocean or into the landfills into renewable energy sources or things of that nature, if that work has not already been done and started. It probably has. We may just get more of a consciousness around it. Uh, so bizarre aesthetics, though, an eclectic taste could be involved with this, too, with, you know, a fringe movement. Uh, this Deccan also can be associated with schadenfreude and the pain of comparison. Here in this card, you see uh, maybe a smug winner uh, and some people who have lost the conflict having to go off into, into exile and the emotions that go along with this. So there could be some resentment that comes up through maybe not having what we consider would be the the central uh you know power resources etc or feeling like we've we've failed to to conform or we failed to get what we needed within the social construct and we have to be careful that that energy doesn't make us bitter right that that energy doesn't um get in the way of us just living our own lives because it's easy to get stuck in that i i've i'm not immune to this myself and i've had to catch myself when i start to compare to to other people that may have more or have different types of success or something uh, and and go back and live from my own sense of values and ethics and let that take me where it goes so questions you can ask for aquarius one and i'll do the same breakdown with leo because Comparing this solar energy to the lunar uh, body that we're going to experience with the moon coming full in Leo 1 is a really interesting exercise. So with the sun in Aquarius 1 and with the Pluto energy there, how can you effectively break away from the herd? Can you turn your alienation into independence? How do you close the gap between expectation and reality? What beauty is to be found on the frontier? Can you turn another's trash into your treasure? And how can you quiet the mind of its turbulence? That's important too. Like a lot of the air sign uh, sword cards in particular show the challenges that we experience when we have an overactive mind. And how can we let the mind settle like a stream that is calm rather than like a, a fish that keeps stirring up all the dirt and muddying the waters. We've got to let the, settle, the, the, the earth in, in the water settle by being still. And I think that Aquarius is a great time for stillness and observation and detachment. Okay. So let me, 
I'm going to bring up some of the chats here just for a second, just to check in with all of you. Um, let's see. Tiny Universe is on my wish list, says Uranus Ascending. That's good. It's a great book. There's another one called The Tiny Universe Companion as well that is a follow-up to that, which I highly recommend. Uh, Charting with Liv is here. Nice to see you, friend. Welcome. Hope you're doing well today. Devin says, awesome T-square from Jupiter to the lights while receiving a trine from Venus. Absolutely, Devin. We'll, we will break that part of the chart down in a second as well. Charting with Liv says, hey, man, thank you for that reading some time ago. It helped me a lot. Wish you, wish you well. Well, great, Liv. I'm glad that I was able to be of service, and um, I'm glad that you're here with us today. Uh, it's always nice to hear back from clients who have worked with in the past and uh, see how the, the reading may have either brought them some some light or maybe even shifted the course of their their choices moving forward so thank you for for that friend Steven says maybe I'll find my marbles when Pluto conjunct my natal mercury it conjoins my natal mercury in the third house we'll see Steven <laughs> like uh, we'll see um, hopefully uh, Pluto will reveal something that needs to be uh, brought to the surface for you Devin says, interesting that the scientist and trash comment, OSU last year found a way to turn all plastics into recyclable material. There it is. Perfect. Also, AI find, found 800 new materials that could be used for batteries. Ooh, that's perfect. Those are excellent examples, Devin. Um, and quite frankly, not, not surprising with the themes that we're seeing coming through here, but it's really, it's great to get confirmation that that, that process is in the works. And it's something that I think we really, we really need. We're at a little bit of a crisis and in, in inflection point when it comes to how we fuel um, our worlds, how we create energy in the world, and, and having to move away from fossil fuel, fuels and find ways to to power our lives without destroying our ecosystem. So I'm I'm excited to hear about that, and I hope that we'll, we'll be able to incorporate that into our everyday lives, and hopefully the last few folks that are hanging on with their fingernails uh, because they benefit on a, a large financial scale will release some of that or we'll have to have a revolution to make it so we'll see uh, probably going to see a little bit of uh, for both from column a and column b i pray for peaceful transitions of power though i think that that's always what everyone hopes for but we'll see Okay, let's go back to that Decans of Leo, and let me show you what we might be dealing with with the moon here. So here we see the opposite energy to the Aquarius uh, new moon, right, where we are dealing with uh, the, I'm going to pull up this little thing here. So here is the Decans of Leo from a Decans of Leo webinar. So with Leo 1, where the moon is going to be placed we're dealing with a tarot card, the Five of Wands, where we see five youths in a competition or a mock battle. And they are vying for what Austin Coppett calls the spotlight. So this is an interesting place where we are actually trying to compete for the, the center rather than going off in defeat off into the fringe. To me, what this the opposition between these two placements could bring up is questions of visibility versus wanting to blend into the crowd. 
Uh, this is a Saturn ruled Deccan in a solar sign. So there is some pressure in this Deccan to, to be something or to be visible. T. Susan Chang in her great book, 36 Secrets, talks about this as a pressure cooker where we may be feeling like we have to perform in service potentially of some kind of greater purpose for our communities though as well. So we're going to have to balance out those two energies, our desire to escape into the, the wallflower and dis energy and disappear into the collective with our need to be an individual point of light and to raise our voices in service of our communities. So themes that we talk about in the Decans of Leo webinar that is for sale at SpencerMichaud.com. Uh, mock battles and authentic uh, athletic contests. Uh, pressure to strive, spotlights, stages, and role-playing, performance anxiety, and stage fright, masks, and crafting a persona. So we're really searching for authenticity in Leo. And when we have the first decan of Leo, uh, we are trying to learn to master our appearance or direct our attention in a certain way. We may be trying on different personas to, to figure out what fits and what is a reflection of our inner world that will help match up with our outer expression. So questions for meditation with this moon in Leo is, where are you feeling the pressure to perform? What role are you being asked to play? Is your outer persona in alignment with your inner truth? That's a big one. And the I Ching reflected that this week as well. Is it time to step into the light or to seek refuge? What ambition has been ignited? And how can you learn to direct and focus your will? So oftentimes, what we see with Leo versus Aquarius is objectivity versus subjectivity. Do we want to be an objective observer of a situation or do we want to get involved and direct it using our will? And we may have to try to navigate that gracefully at this full moon. As a Leo rising and a Leo north node, I've had many lessons of having to learn when to get involved and when to step back. There, I started out as a young person being very, very shy. Uh, I had a story that I tell often about my growth into maybe more Leo energy, where when I was younger, about maybe eight or nine years old, my very, very social mother, my Gemini mother, sent me out to a, out to like a rest, fast food restaurant. Um, she stayed in the car and sent me in there to order our food. And I was really upset about it. Like I did not want to go and be seen and to do it by myself. And I, it took me probably like 20 minutes to get, to get up the, the courage and the willpower to go and do that. Um, but eventually I did and I came back with the food and it was, it was a lesson in being able to assert my will and be visible. And it must have worked because I remember that story from, you know, I don't know, almost 35 years ago now at this point, um, it must have left a mark on me. I don't know if it was a mark through trauma <laughs> or a mark through, through success, maybe a little from column A, a little from column B. But I think that those moments can feel very challenging to us, but also some of our toughest moments create our greatest successes and our greatest learning experiences. So those could be some of the themes that we're dealing with, with the, the challenges between uh, Aquarius one and Leo one. So let me pull that off the, the chart here. 
Okay. So, a couple more things that we're looking at with this full moon in Leo, and I'm going to bring the I'm going to bring the screen back up for us. Here we go. Oops, that's not the one I wanted to do. I'm still getting used to sharing my screen and uh, being able to understand where everything is in this new program called StreamYard. So I appreciate your patience with that. I've been trying to improve the production values of the show and uh, make sure that we uh, we just have more focus, right? Where if you can see the banners of the labels of everything that we're doing, that can help us to understand what I'm talking about in the moment. We're able to share our screens and and uh, be just a little bit more focused. I think it's been working out pretty well so far. So with this full moon in Leo that you're seeing here, with the sun that we just talked about in Aquarius 1, opposing the Leo moon, okay? A couple things to keep in mind. First of all, this moon is going to be out of bounds during the full moon. And if you've been following along with the channel, you'll understand that the there is a Hellenistic concept called out of bounds where the moon is moving outside the normal declination or the path that the sun would normally travel north or south of the uh, of the ecliptic. So this is how high or low the sun is going to to raise at various points of the year. Right now, where we're sort of in the middle of winter in the northern hemisphere, the, the declination of the sun is, is southern. It is lower. It's raising much lower in the sky than it normally would. Um, let me make sure I'm not, uh, I'm not misunderstanding that. I want to... One moment. Um, So right now, the sun is at 18 degrees and 57 minutes south, all right? That's where it's raising at this full moon, okay? So I was right with that. I just always want to make sure and, like, double-check uh, if I'm saying something and it's... <laughs> it's I, I like to be precise on this channel. But when the moon is out of bounds, as you could see here, is that we are dealing with a time frame... Okay, I'll show you here. See this purple number? That is where the, the moon is outside of 23 degrees and 26 minutes, which is the normal ex northernmost extreme that the sun will, will travel over the course of a year in declination. So to make a long story short, basically what that means is that it is outside the normal rain or... Uh, social expectations of the king or the kingdom. So when we have a planet like the moon out of bounds, we're dealing with something where we might feel extremes in our body. We might feel extremes in our emotions. We may not be acting as we normally would through social expectation. And we've recently had a period with Mars out of bounds where we might have been letting our anger get the best of us in a way that might not be socially acceptable. We've had a period of Mercury out of bounds where we may be communicating in a way that we normally wouldn't. It doesn't necessarily mean that the planet is dysfunctional when it's out of bounds. And oftentimes, sometimes when we're thinking outside the box with a planet, it can lead to, to unique solutions. But we do want to be aware of that, especially at a full moon when emotions are already heightened, that this one could be extra, uh, extra emotional. Okay. 
The other thing we want to look at is the host of our new moon is the sun. And that's interesting because we have the moon here and its host is the sun that it's actually opposite to. Okay, so this is a, a little bit of a challenging position for a, a planet's host, especially because in Aquarius, the sun is said to be in its exile or at one of its weakest points by dignity. So we may be wanting to put ourselves out there. We may have feel pressure to perform, but there may be some challenges to it. The, the sun is providing the impetus to retreat from the spotlight, to blend into our social experience or to go off into the fringe and, and not compete. I know one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is um, as we move into Pluto in Aquarius is how dysfunctional we're, we, our society is as far as like our, our capitalistic systems. Um, if you're a, a follower of the show, you'll know that I've been pretty critical about late, late stage capitalism uh, while still trying to make my way through it. I'm, I mean, this is something I saw, I, I believe Devin posted this on one of his stories on Instagram, is that we're having to work within a system that is crumbling before our eyes, but still having to use some of the metho methodology of that system just to survive. And that is a really difficult position to be in, especially when part of your ethos is one of equality, fairness, and sharing. And it's always been a challenge for me personally to try to navigate what, what I've seen as a fundamentally unfair system for, for most of my life. And I think we're going to hopefully begin to see some changes with that as we move forward with Pluto and Aquarius, whether it's through people pushing back on the system and finally saying, you know, enough is enough. We can, we've tried our best to survive within this particular uh, philosophical construct and it just is not working and and it's easy to try to point fingers at one or two people in the world but this is the, an accumulation of choices that have been made over decades that are coming uh, home to roost the chickens are coming home to roost with this and especially in a place like America which was which which the country was born with Pluto and Aquarius we've had uh, sorry with Pluto and Capricorn We've been having our Pluto return and seeing the, the dark side and the things that we've repressed um, through doing business the way that we've done it for the last 250 plus years. Um, I, do, I do think that there are ways for people to do business in a way that's fair, in a way that is ethical. Uh, but we're going to have to kind of make some changes because right now we're seeing the gap between the haves and the have-nots get, get very wide. And a lot of people are falling through the cracks and, and the fringes of society. I've, I've been seeing news stories where they're thinking about putting homeless people in jail, quote unquote, in, in California. Um, those are the types of issues where we already have people who are suffering and locking them up because they are unhoused is something where we're... It's ridiculous to me. <laughs> like, I'm just getting really frustrated with with stories like that um, and of course we have rising interest rates and inflation we have people who are running companies like Amazon Facebook X etc who are whose wealth is increasing exponentially while 
normal folks who are trying to make ends meet are having more and more difficulty just affording their homes, uh, affording food and basic everyday needs. So those are the th types of things that are going to be put on a spotlight when we have the host of the Sun in Aquarius, where we're trying to understand the structures that will support our communal efforts and energies. And that's, that is sort of in conflict with, with the Leo energy, where we may be more thinking about our own individual needs. Okay. Yeah, Devin says, even though the sun is in exile, both lights aren't seen by the malefics. So that's nice. I agree. So, so there are some things to like about this chart. Uh, we're just having to kind of acknowledge some of the challenges of having the host of a moon with, a, with an exiled planet. And maybe just the uncomfortable paradoxes that we have to sort of try to balance out when we get there. I just want to welcome Don here. Don, hey everybody. Hope your day is going well. Super stressful today, but Mars is sitting on my natal Mercury and wowza, I'm feeling it. Yeah, Don, if you're uh, just joining us, we have a little bit of a stressful morning over here too with dealing with some bureaucratic red tape in regards to someone plowing our driveway. <laughs> so, uh, Steven says, so true. The sun is bookended by Mars and Capricorn. Saturn and Pisces, very interesting. Yes, uh, those, these are good, good observations and good catches, my friends. Um, Devin says, it isn't hypocritical to critique capitalism from within it. It is a system we were born into, not chosen. Yes, that was, you, you made a really nice post about that, Devin. Um, and it is something that I've struggled with trying to figure out how to, how to be an ethical person within a system I was born into that I don't completely agree with and have, have a lot of, had a lot of difficulty, uh, railing against. Um, I'm getting to the, we're getting to the point now where, I think the way I've tried to deal with this in the past is that I've tried to live with as little overhead as possible so that I could work within my ethical system, which means that I've voluntarily lived close to or below the poverty line at various times in my life uh, with the caveat that I, I've never really was starving. I've had uh, people in my life who have been great support systems as well. And I fully understand that not everyone has that. Um, so a lot of that was by choice, but it's, it gets harder and harder as you get older. And, and especially as costs start to rise, just being able to afford a basic living situation, you're having to do more and more things that are outside of your ethical sphere to just maintain what you had in the past. And that's the nature of inflation. Um, like, for example, we, we lived in a house that we rented for a long time and eventually they kept raising the rent. The house kept selling to different owners and we had been here for 15 years. And finally we were like, at one point when the house was up for sale yet again, for like a fourth time, we were like, if we want to stay here and if we want to start fixing our rent, basically, we need to find a way to buy this house. And we did, but it, it really stretched us and it continues to stretch us. And we're having to change the way we, we interact with the world to just stay in the same place that we've been for 15 years. So those are, there are things like that because rents are going crazy. And um, the, it seemed at the time like the only way to, to stop that raising cost of living was to participate in the system on some level by becoming a homeowner. Uh, and 
that's it's tough. I, I don't have great answers for everyone. And I know that we were fortunate enough to have the resources to be able to buy the home at the time. Um, but I know a lot of people, especially young people who are coming out of college and, and whatnot, they're finding it very difficult to 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 save any type of money, especially because it's it's hard to to just feed feed your family. Um, so I feel for all of you out there who are dealing with this the, these challenges um, and trying to trying to be the best people that you can within a, a, a challenging system as well. Okay. Don says, yeah, I feel you. I haven't felt this stressed in months. I, well, I'm sorry to hear that, Don. I know that a lot of people are struggling right now. And I think that Pluto and Aquarius is going to bring us, bring us some changes. I hope it brings us some changes. I hope it is able to be a, a great wealth redistributor. Um, I know that it will bring other challenges. We're going to have to ask what it means to be human what it means to be creative, especially with the expansion of artificial intelligence and a lot of the the fun, excuse me, the fun jobs and careers being being done by artificial intelligence now, like art and writing and music. What is what is left for us to to express ourselves as human beings? Those questions could come up, and and what kind of work can we do to earn money, just to have a basic standard of living? So all of these things are going to be questions that we may have to, to answer around these periods of time. Devin says, Aquarius rules the depths of winter, where the collective of humanity survived by coming together and sharing resources all over the world. Ooh, I like that, Devin. Another great, a great thought and, and wise comment. Um, yeah, we're, we are going to have to learn how to share with one another, uh, especially in the face of climate change as well. There's going to be some places in the world that are will become uninhabitable. Uh, I think that the the refugee story that we see that plays out in the Aquarius tarot cards, we probably are going to see a lot of people in various climates of the world that will have to completely leave those homes as well and and immigrate to completely different parts of the world that are habitable at this point that have water that aren't. Uh, so hot that they will just burn up by just walking down the street. Um, this is this is a real issue. And what we may have to do is we may have to... See, this is the tough part. My, my comment I was going to make is we may have to give up some things and learn how to live with less. But really, what we need to do is we need to get the people that are hoarding wealth and resources to live with less and redistribute it to the people that need it. Um, yes, we can learn how to share individually and maybe give up some convenience uh, so that we can do things in the proper way. But at the end of the day, it's bigger than just each individual. It is, it is a collective systemic issue. And we will have to bind, bind together as a group to be able to survive it. But there has to be something that happens on a, a much larger macrocosmic scale as well. I don't think people really understand the scale of billions of dollars versus millions of dollars. I think I, I think people, even the harshest critics of capitalism wouldn't have as much of a problem with people becoming millionaires rather than billionaires. Uh, it's such a, 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 a exponential number compared to that uh, that it's just it's untenable to be able to consolidate that much wealth and resources within a, a small, small handful of people.
Stephen says, be careful we don't become communists. There's a, there's a fine line. There is, a f- absolutely, Stephen, there's a fine line between um, any ethical system within any ethos and going to extremes. Yes, there could be dangers of having uh, a government entity control everything and then become corrupt in and of itself. So I think there is a difference between sharing and going to the extreme the extreme negatives that we have seen in some communist countries. I think overall, to be honest with you, uh, communism as a, an ethos is one of sharing. Uh, so I think that it's not as bad of a, a negative of a, of a word as we make it out to be in America. But any type of political philosophy can become corrupt. So that this is something that we need to keep in mind is that capitalism can become corrupt, communism can become corrupt, socialism can become corrupt. It just it's really about how do we regulate uh, our actions within it and our leadership within it as well, so that it stays in service of the people that it's trying to trying to help. Don says it all needs to change. Those that have nothing need to be trained and helped into a life of giving as well too. Yes, absolutely, and participating in life. Yep. I mean, Don, I think that the challenge is sometimes when we're just trying to survive, sometimes it is harder to make those larger scale changes because we're just trying to 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 get up and make it work day to day. Don says communism would never work. Socialism, sure, but someone will always be in power and they tend to take. Limiting terms and government would help, too. Yeah, I don't think you'll get a huge disagreement from me on that here. Um, I, I don't think that uh, my worldview is necessarily one of communism. I would say that if I had to label it, which I don't necessarily like doing, uh, democratic socialism is a, is a term that I like for that, where you still have the power to vote and elect your leadership, but you have a, an underlying ethos of trying to share with one another. And hopefully that will bring the checks and balances necessary and still allow people to utilize a free market. says, for sure, I understand. I lived in a car with my mom when I was a teenager. I totally know how shitty it feels. Yeah, a lot of us have struggled with various levels of, of both wealth and poverty. Um, so I, I feel for you, Don, and um, I hope that you're getting everything that you need right now. Uranus Ascending says Animal Farm. Yeah, that's a great, uh, a great warning for the types of experiences that we could uh, have, a great um, metaphor for it. Okay, so friends other things going on with this full moon t square with jupiter okay so here is here is our jupiter at 6 degrees of taurus squaring the sun and moon that devin was alluding to earlier okay which i will say as much as we rail on squares in modern astrology. In traditional astrology, they don't necessarily have to be a challenging aspect, especially when they're benefic planets. Uh, This was said to be a planet that was on the 10th or the 10th away from a particular planet, in this case, the moon. It is in the 10th house away from the moon by derived houses. So in this regard, Jupiter is actually bringing, I think, support to the moon. It is helping to bring 
resources to our uh, desires to to compete. Um, I think that yes, we might be pulled in a number of different directions with Jupiter uh, asking us to make plans for our future to expand our resources and to remove the obstacles towards physical expansion. But we also might feel a little bit of a pressure to perform and to compete within the free market, quote unquote. And then we also might feel the the challenge of, you know, needing to know that we what we do for ourselves, we are also doing for our neighbor. And if we are hoarding, we're not, we're taking from our neighbor, and, and there's challenges around that as well. And that's the Aquarian part of things where we're trying to do what's good for the collective. So those things can be at odds with one another. And thank you so much, Devin, for the super sticker. Appreciate you, friend. Says Devin says, thank you for taking on a challenging and triggering subject material. I appreciate that, Devin, and I, I appreciate the, the contributions, um, you know, materially here to the channel. Appreciate that, but also philosophically and intellectually. Um, I know that you've been living your life out in the west coast of the United States and Portland area uh, and being really true to a lot of these ideals. And you bring up a lot of really good topics um, that are very thought-provoking for myself as well. I often don't have the exact language to properly express some of these things. And, and I guess that I'm just still trying to figure it out just like everyone here. Like, I know deep down in my heart that sharing is important. I know that I also enjoy feeling at least the basics of physical comforts. Um, I wouldn't say that my life is excessive on any on any level, but I do enjoy good food and I like having a roof over my head. I've foregone some other luxuries, like I don't spend a ton of money on clothes uh, or like cars. <laughs> we actually went down to one car recently after the accident and didn't replace it. Um, so, so there's, there's, there's sacrifices we've had to make with that. We don't take expensive vacations or anything like that. Um, and I'm not saying that we never get to enjoy ourselves. I think that there is a way to be able to have a nice life and to be able to enjoy being embodied and being, um, I don't know, even there's even some luxurious things that we can enjoy that don't necessarily uh, take away from others. Like, for example, Devin is an, an incredible butcher who makes this, uh, what looks to be amazing charcuterie. To me, that is a very luxurious item. Uh, it's delicious and it's, it's luxurious in how good it tastes. Not that it's like overly expensive or anything, it just takes a lot of effort and energy to make it. And those are some of the things like that can really be some of the things that can make life worth living is great food and uh, going out into nature and and every once in a while having nice things of quality is is not something to feel guilty about i think when we're talking about these challenges and sharing we're talking about much 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 larger issues and so i appreciate that's a, my long way of saying thank you Devin, for acknowledging how difficult these things are to talk about especially uh, coming from a place like america where we have a lot of ingrained thoughts about how things should or should not be we have a lot of talking heads in in the in the news in the media etc that are trying to radicalize us both in both directions and i think that um hopefully i'm trying to take a a, a balanced viewpoint of some of these things while still allowing for people to have their their own thoughts and opinions so thank you Devin. 
Dawn says, I love this space and so grateful the conversations that we have here. All in love. Absolutely, Dawn. And again, I'm not the, the final authority on any of this. I'm learning uh, all along with all of you. Um, so, T-square with Jupiter. We just might feel some tension between our desire to expand our resources, our need to compete for those resources, and how it fits into the collective and the changes that we need to make with Pluto in Aquarius. Um, I think that it's okay to support yourself and your family. Um, I'm learning that it's okay to have at least the basic needs of resources and to have an even exchange of your time for your for resources, money, etc. And resources don't necessarily have to be money. One of the things that a lot of people have been talking about is a barter economy that could be more prevalent as we move forward. And I think that there is some potential within that as well. Right now, we're still in the throes of, of the exchange of fiat currency for time and for goods. And that's okay. We're having to work through it. Um, but it doesn't have to be the way we do it for the rest of eternity as well. It hasn't been the way we've done it through the course of history. And there might be changes coming again. And we'll live into the answer. So that's the T-square with Jupiter. You also, uh, as we were pointing out, there's a, a nice trine between Venus and Jupiter here as well. So there is Venus in Capricorn, newly ingressed into Capricorn by this full moon. Um, that's going to be helping us to assess the, the directions that we might want to grow into. Um, the other thing that I would point out is we've got Mercury and Mars coming together in Capricorn 2. And this is also an energy where our, our intellect and our ability to take action to, to build our physical structures in our life are going to be uh, in harmony with one another, I guess. So we may be f seeing our plan beginning to come to fruition, which I think is very important. And yes, it is an aversion to the lunation itself, but it is still going to be part of the the, cosmo, the cosmic journey that we're going through while we're experiencing the full moon. One other thing I just wanted to give you a little heads up on that I thought was kind of interesting is that the, the host of the sun is going to be at five degrees of Pisces. It is Saturn. So here we have Saturn at five degrees Pisces providing resources to the Aquarius sun, although the Aquarius sun is in aversion to Saturn, so there might not be a, a completely direct line of communication, or there might be some difficulty with that. But there, this fixed star that, that Saturn is on during this, this full moon is called Deneb Aldije, I think is the, the correct pronunciation. I could be wrong, but it is different than Deneb Algedi. Uh, Deneb Algedi is in the, the, the last decade of Aquarius. This is a fixed star in the constellation Cygnus, the swan. And this was said to be called a, a, a shaman's star. Uh, it is something where we're in going between worlds. We are having different states of consciousness involved. And we may need to do that to envision a future that is different from the one that we are living in. Another challenge, I think, of this fixed star is that swans, if you've ever been near a, a a family of swans, you'll realize that they are actually very territorial birds. 
So there is a challenge with territorialism with this fixed star that we need to be aware of. Um, a, a, a fully grown swan can break a, a person's arm with its wings just by batting its wings. So we may have to be um, cognizant that we may be influenced by issues of territory, space, etc. What is mine? What is yours? And again, those types of things have been coming up with volcanic um, fervor in the collective and some of the challenges that we're witnessing on a global scale. I don't have great answers for all of that. Um, I, of course, on this channel condemn anything that is associated with uh, ousting people from their lands and of mass murder and all of those things. Uh, we're anti-genocide on this channel. So it's tough stuff to talk about and it is there's a lot of layers to all of it but at the end of the day what is the 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 act that is kindest and what is the act that is going to be the most humane is I think the answer that we need to start asking ourselves and, and moving towards so just another little insight with Saturn and Pisces on the five degree part of of Pisces um, this is just past that fixed star Fomalhaut, which was one of the, the watchers of the, the seasons, uh, royal fixed star of Persia, where we were utilizing our charisma to be able to, um, I don't know, bring about a different, different type of energy in the world. This, this decade of Pisces really is about how can we change our beliefs and our dreams to be able to build new structures. And oftentimes it requires us to accept some things that we can't necessarily see right in front of our faces. Oftentimes society is just a, a number of philosophical agreements with one another. And with Saturn and Pisces, we may need to start shifting what we've always believed to be true. And that is really difficult to do when we can't immediately see the results of our work. That's where the faith part comes in. It, we're being bound to have faith in a process. Um, I talked about the beaver in my last live stream where the beaver is having faith in the process while he's chewing down trees that he's going to be able to build a structure that will support him. He might not completely understand where, where it's all going in the moment, but he has to do the hard work and dig in anyway. Uh, I told a story too about getting frustrated at not seeing the immediate results of some of the improvements I've been trying to make, but but then upon further reflection, having to recenter myself and say, no, I still have to do these these structural changes and then have faith that it will uh, help my my business and my the work that I'm doing move forward. So there may be something in your life at this full moon where you're having to have faith in the process and you might not be able to see the immediate results of the hard work that you're doing, but it's still important to do that work and to, to uh, understand that Saturn in particular will give its rewards over time. It is not an instant gratification planet. It is the essence of delayed gratification. Okay. All right. So that is what I have for the particular... Um, particular chart of the moment. So what I'd like to do now is I would like to first, before we dive into the rising signs, do me a huge favor. Please like and subscribe uh, 
it does me a great service to to the algorithmic gods for, for you to like the channel um, I'm always happy to get new subscribers when you subscribe you could turn on that notification bell and you'll never miss a live I usually go live on Fridays uh, sometimes it's adjusted a day here and there but mostly Fridays around 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time uh, and uh, again if you'd like to make a material donation to the work I'm doing here you can do a little super chat in the the description of the chat there with a the little dollar sign or you can buy me coffee at buymeacoffee.com uh, I'd like to also take this opportunity to direct you to my Instagram and my X Twitter account uh, I'm much more active on Instagram but you can follow me on each one of those uh, if you'd like updates on what I'm doing I also have a threads account at Spencer Michaud as well and you can find everything that I'm doing at spencermichaud.com that's the best place to book a reading to get updates on classes uh, and sign up for the newsletter so without further ado this is the point in time where I'd like to take a stretch break we go a couple hours on this show and because it is a much a little bit of a longer um, a longer running type of experience I think it's very important to stretch your body out and to make sure that you are moving around we spend so much time in front of computers front of our screens sitting that we have to be conscious of the time that is passing and I've started to become a little bit more conscious of the I don't know the the electricity around me and trying to get grounded and make sure I go outside every once in a while and release some of the inflammatory electrical stress on my body from from cell, my cell phone or from my computer been looking into like grounding technology and like potentially trying to mitigate electromagnetic field energy I don't know I still on the fence about some of all that but I know that I feel great when my body is grounded to the earth and sometimes you don't need fancy equipment to just go touch a tree or something <laughs> I know it sounds kind of hippie but I do think there's a lot of wisdom in in the earth itself and our connection to it and I hope and I pray that as Pluto moves through Aquarius and we incorporate even greater technological advances into our everyday lives that we still maintain the connection to this beautiful planet I think one of the worst ideas that I can think of is going off and trying to live on another planet I mean I think we're so uniquely uh, we're so uniquely set up to function well on this one that uh, we need to do the work to protect this one rather than to just use it up discard it and then move on to the next one in this exploitive way uh, I get really upset when I see people wanting to mine minerals on the moon or Mars or whatever it is it's it's very frustrating uh, but I digress I just want to say in a, in a balancing way I just really appreciate all of you here today and how intelligent and willing you are to go on some of these philosophical journeys with each other and I know everybody doesn't agree with with me or with each other in the chat uh, and I'm so very grateful that all of you are able to discuss it in a way that is civil where we're able to listen to one another and where we're able to just allow space for differing worldviews because I think that's the most important thing is just to be able to hear one another and you know have 
those types of contributions um, in the chat is, is really valuable to me. Okay, France. Let's start looking at the rising signs here. So I'm going to bring this to the stage and we are going to take a look at the rising signs through uh, the full moon through the rising signs. Alright, Aquarius rising. Aquarius rising, you are having the uh, the full moon over the first and seventh house axes today. Well, whenever we're experiencing this on the uh, 25th. Uh, this is an angular full moon for you. One of the things that we go through with this when we have a, a, a lunation in an angular house, and th that's a fancy word for, for house number one, four, seven, or ten, is that we are dealing with um, something that might affect us much more personally than it might otherwise. So in this case, the sun is lighting up your first house and asking you to think globally, personally. Uh, it may be a focal point on your, your physical body, your own character. You may personally have been experiencing some desire to go off into the fringe, or you may have experienced a, an injustice in your life that makes you want to, to escape a certain situation. And there may be something coming to a head within a partnership where you have to be present within the partnership to make something work moving forward. We're also seeing a square with Jupiter in your fourth house. So there might be some planning that's happening in regards to your home. And if you're able to expand your resources with your, your base and your foundation, that can help smooth out some of the challenges that you might be experiencing with a partner at this point. Uh, Saturn's moving through your second house of how you support yourself. So there may be some territorialism that, that arises through your own resources and what is yours versus what is someone else's. Uh, you're having to, to change some belief systems around your financial situation, Aquarius rising around this period of time. So those are some things to consider. There's also a really nice trine from the planets in the 12th house to Jupiter in the 4th. So I would recommend getting some, some time away from situations at some point if you can. I know there's some pressure to be visible around this point, uh, but there might be something where you can build your structures with Mercury and Mars coming together uh, in privacy, in solitude. Okay, so, so you're trying to build something ornate with Mercury and Mars coming together in Capricorn, but it might be behind the scenes and it might be the building of a, a belief and a philosophical rationale that will help you to take action out in the world. Okay, so that's what we've got for Aquarius rising. Here is Pisces rising. Okay, and welcome Carol. Nice to see you. Late arrival. Well, you just missed uh, <laughs> you just missed some technical difficulties, but we're back on track now. So Pisces rising. Pisces rising has the full moon over the 12th and 6th house axes. Okay. So this may be some tension between our desire to retreat into solitude with the sun in the 12th and our need to kind of grind out some hard work that we might not be getting a lot of credit for. We have a square 
that's happening between Jupiter and the Sun and the Moon to your third house. So you may get some material support potentially uh, from your extended family, from your community, maybe from a sibling, maybe from an aunt or an uncle or something like that, from your neighbors. This could be a time to start making plans to expand your material abundance with them. And that could smooth over some of the pressure that you might be feeling to perform in your job or in your workspace. Uh, all of these things can, can kind of mitigate some of the, the, the challenging feelings that could arise around that. There could also be something where um, you might be dealing with a health issue that's coming to fruition as well, Pisces rising. Sometimes when we get a full moon in our sixth house, it is showing us the work that needs to be done to heal something that has fallen into disrepair, oftentimes related to our bodies. Um, and it, all, it shows us as well the hard work that we're going to need to do to bring something to completion. Uh, sixth house is really associated with uh, something that either pulls us away from completion or the work that we have to do before we get to complete something. So something to keep in mind when we're, when we're dealing with a, a sixth house placement. You've got a lot of trines from planets in your 11th house, Venus, Mercury, and Mars, to Jupiter in your third. So there might be something coming together where you're trying to build something with a group of people. I know I have a, I have a Pisces rising friend who is putting together like a like a spiritual community event around this full moon. So there might be a lot of work that they're having to do behind the scenes to get that ready uh, and trying to build something within their community. Um, and again, it's Jupiter in the third house could bring some good luck to, to the, the local conditions around that. Okay, so that is Pisces rising. We've got a few more friends stopping in. We've got uh, Leticia. Leticia Language is here. Nice to see you, Leticia. Hope you're doing well, friend. Melissa Carey is stopping in. Says, hi, Spencer. Just home. Nice to see you, Melissa. Hope you're doing well. Melissa says, we'll catch the replay when you finish your live, but I hope all is well. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. People just stop in here and there. And it's, uh, you know, we're all just trying to work through the, the conditions of these, these lunations. Devin is saying, Pisces, watch out for arguments with coworkers. Yeah, absolutely. When we have Mercury and Mars coming together, the way that we communicate could be a little spicier for sure. Um, and especially when we are trying to balance out our personal needs versus the needs of the group as well. I think though, that one thing that I think is a mitigating factor to some of that is Mercury in Capricorn I would I would assume that that would be give us a little bit more of the ability to communicate in a more mature fashion. Um, even with Mars there, it would it would behoove us to to be patient with our communication and to try to to embody that that um, that elder energy, the grandfather and grandmother type of energy when we're communicating, even if we're upset about something. But yes. Those are the types of things that if you have a conversation with a coworker or something like that, how can you tap into that 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 calm, ancient part of yourself so that you're not you know flying off the handle uh, at something that ultimately might not be as big of a deal in the long term? Try to think big picture with that. Big Steph sixty three is here from France. It says hi all, just busy in the kitchen but listening. Nice to see you, friend. I remember now, Big Steph. I was wondering where Big Steph was from. 
before, but uh, we we solved that mystery last time, so I'm glad you're here with me. Uh, Don says, you would think I was ready to eat my obnoxious Aries co-worker today. Oh my goodness. Well, there's always choices that we can make, even if we're, you know, having someone pushing our buttons, right? We can always choose to to respond in a calm and collected way. Letitia says, great, thanks, Hope Paul, as well as your side. Hope to give give you give some good news. Well, Letitia, tell me more about your rising sign, and I'll, hopefully I'll be able to give you some good news within that. Uh, Don says, I did maintain myself, though. Luckily, I work at home now. I could turn off the chat with her and light some sage. There you go. There you go. That's a great way to do it. All right, big Steph, yes. Checking in. Sarah Renee Marshall's here. Says, hey, Spencer and friends. I can tell, can't tell you how many Plutonian stories I've heard this, work, this week. Just comically heavy-handed. Hoping y'all are surviving the extreme weather. Yes. Sarah, Renee, we are, yes, dealing with our own Plutonic story this week with uh, dealing with some corruption in, in a system. Uh, and especially in, in my case as a Leo rising with someone who was doing a service for me. So we'll, we'll, we'll check out where the, the moon and the sun, I'm sorry, the sun and Pluto are coming together. Although I believe I went over that a little bit more with the, the um, in the monthly where we are seeing the sun and, and Pluto come together. But one, one thing I can give you a heads up for, friends, is that as we are looking at this, this full moon, the conflict that we may see uh, the sun highlighting might be the, the one that comes together with the sun and Pluto in Capricorn, actually. So look at where you may have a conflict in the Capricorn area of your chart to see how you might be transitioning into the, the Aquarius time. Mariana is here. Says hi, Spencer. Just arrived late to the live. Always love your lives. Listening from Argentina. Uh, well, nice to see you, Mariana, and I hope that you're doing well down there in South America. And uh, hope that um, everyone's doing well. And uh, I'm just the thing that comes up with Argentina in my mind is Diego. Diego Maradona. <laughs> Cheers to to him and his soccer success. All right. Oh, Letitia says, I'm a Leo dragon. Oh, nice, Letitia. Well, we'll try to give some good news for the Leos out there today. Sarah is a fellow Leo rising. Spencer, lots of efforts and persevering, trying not to bubble over. Yeah, Sarah, I'd be curious to hear if you're having any struggles with a, a contractor or somebody that's doing a service for you as well. Um, okay, let's move forward. So, let's move on to Aries rising. And I'll put that up on the chart here. So Aries rising. Aries rising is experiencing a full moon over their 11th and 5th house axes. We are seeing something, uh, the seed of a group endeavor coming to fruition uh, where there might be some conflicts between your own personal involvement within the group, your own thoughts and feelings and beliefs and structures, and what the the goal of the group actually is, and that can be that can be challenging to see how to express ourselves creatively within a collective organization. You may Aries rising have had some corruption that you had to deal with in a in a job experience or in a public sphere with the Sun-Pluto conjunction coming together in your 10th house, and then Mars and, and Mercury coming together there as well. Uh, but you do have some beneficial support with the square from Jupiter overcoming uh, the Moon 
from the second to the fifth house. So this could actually be a, a fortunate time for expanding your own personal resources, and that could help mitigate some of the some of the tension between you and the group that might be coming to a head. Uh, this this lunation is going to be um, the sun's going to be hosted by Saturn in your twelfth house. So there could be a lot of shifts in your belief systems around your involvement within society and how you get your own sense of solitude as well. The good news for Aries risings right now, I think, is that uh, Mars is in a, a very fortunate place by dignity. It's said to be in its exaltation in Capricorn. So this could be a great time to make long-term plans uh, with Mars in Capricorn, especially when it comes to your career. Mars is going to be hitting the uh, the bending of the nodes shortly after this full moon as well. So this could be a really important turning point in your career for being able to move towards independence and personal sovereignty. All right, so hopefully that's good news for you, Aries Rising. Let's keep going. Let's keep on rolling. Rolling, 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 ride. Um, so Taurus Rising, let's move forward here. Okay. There's Taurus Rising on the screen here. Let's check in with the chat. Big Steph says Aries Rising in the first. I avoid group endeavors. <laughs> well, you know, we got to know ourselves. And if, if you feel more comfortable being um, a solo practitioner, sometimes it's okay to lean into those instincts, right? I know for me, I feel a lot more comfortable being my own boss. And it's very hard for me to, to work underneath any sort of organization. I don't need to necessarily be the boss of a bunch of people. I, as a Taurus moon ruling my midheaven, I just kind of want to be left alone to do my own thing, and that's kind of what I do. Sarah says, no joke, just got paperwork to submit my formal divorce documents to the court. I have to proofread them. Also, I submitted paperwork to get my kiddo, kiddo an IEP at school for ADHD support. Oh my goodness, that looks that sounds like a lot of bureaucratic red tape to go through, Sarah. Um, so I wish you luck with all of that, and hopefully there will be some healing through that as well, because I know both of those things can be really stressful for sure. Jennifer's here. Says hello from Ann Arbor, Michigan. You made it. You're you're buried under a foot of snow like me. So <laughs> it's getting a little bit warmer out though, so it's at least slightly less dangerous to go outside. So I uh, hope you're doing well, Jennifer. Okay, Taurus rising. Taurus rising is experiencing this full moon in an angular house over the 10th and 4th house axes. So this is a point where there is a focal point on your public persona, on, on someone who on an energy of trying to engage with your public self, with the actions that you take out in the world. The 10th house was called the house of praxis or the things that we're known for out in the world. So there could be a focal point in like increasing your visibility around your 10th house energy. Could be some challenges within the, the home and the family though as well. So there is some tension between your work and your domestic situation, Taurus rising at this full moon. The good news is, is that Jupiter is helping from the first house, helping you to expand your ability to plan, and especially around issues related to your body, to your character, to your own personal resources. 
So Jupiter could be smoothing over some of the pressure that you might be feeling from your family because you, you might have some really good ideas for, for your plans for the future. Now you might have experienced a conflict with the Sun and Pluto coming together in your ninth house of beliefs, of higher education, maybe even with a, a, a religious organization or a, 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 with a teacher or something of that nature. And that could have led to you moving on from that situation and going your own way. Uh, no, another piece of good news for Taurus Rising is that Venus will be trining um, both Jupiter and uh, making an application to Mercury and Mars fairly well by co-presence I guess I could say with being in the same sign so smoothing over some of that energy uh, so Venus is helping smooth over your planning process and especially like through uh, your higher belief system like the the being able to work within orthodox systems with the ninth house as well I think with this big stack up Taurus rising in your ninth house this is a great time to get clear about your why. I often think that the ninth house shows us why we take the actions out in the world and the, the work that we have to do before we take action out in the world. We have to go off and meditate and say, what is my purpose behind doing this? We're always more effective with our actions when we have a, a, a solid sense of purpose around what we're doing. Um, we can be scattered and chaotic if we don't even know why we're, we're doing what we're doing. I speak from personal experience. I'm always more effective and powerful when I, I have a solid ethos behind what I'm doing. Okay. Okay. So that's Taurus rising. I'm going to go back to the chat for a second. I've got some comments here. Sarah says, in other words, paperwork from a mediator we contacted and psychological practitioners, right? So, so Sarah is referring to the Sun-Pluto conjunction in her sixth house, a fellow Leo rising, as people that are working for her, sixth house people, and having to deal with some of the bureaucratic red tape and maybe even some corruption associated with that with Leo rising. So um, not that unlike me having to work with a, a snowplow contractor and them not really delivering on the services that they were contracted to do and then having to go through and make changes and uh, shine a light on that corruption. Big Steph 63 says exactly I was a route driver for years was perfect for me. Big Steph is referring to being an Aries rising and feeling more comfortable doing individual type jobs where um, where they are able to kind of be in their own space which it's good when you know yourself. Um, I, I think that Again, some people really need the community. Other people thrive in doing individual type stuff. Sarah says, thanks, buddy. We're all in it in some way or another. Yes, absolutely, Sarah. Renee. I feel I feel you on that. Um, we'll get through it. This weekend might just be a little bit funky, a little bit gnarly. But um, when we shine a spotlight on the challenging circumstances in our life, the awareness will help us to fix it. Uh, I w This past week when we were having snowplow challenges, we had a foot of snow that got dumped on our on our you know driveway, and we were wondering what's going on. The snowplow is not coming. They're supposed to come if there's like two inches worth of snow, and it just kept snowing and they kept not coming. And then finally, they sent us a bill for the work that they did, quote unquote. And that was the Sun Pluto moment where it revealed that they hadn't actually done the work, but we're still 
trying to charge us for it. And that awareness helped us to say, you didn't actually do the work. You need to come out and do the work right now. And we're not going to pay you for the work that you didn't do. And that awareness helped change the circumstance for the better. So think about that when we're going through the Sun-Pluto kind of energies. Even though you might have a revelation that might be painful, it should help you to, to start to move things in the right direction. Jennifer says, what if natal Saturn is in the early degrees of Aquarius for us 1962-year-old people, also 1990 to 91-year-old people? Wow, those are old people with 19,901-year-old people. Um, I know what you mean, though. I know, <laughs> I know but... Um, so you're asking about Saturn, Pluto, uh, conjunction, and having the full moon activating that. Um, I, I would say that whenever we have a, a, a lunation or even an, an outer planet activating a natal planet, uh, it's going to activate the different topics in our life that that planet is the host of. So what I would do, Jennifer, is I would look at the, the, the Aquarius and the Capricorn topics for your particular rising sign and realize that, that the sun is going to shine a big spotlight on your responsibilities in regards to those two topics. And then once Pluto is coming into the equation, it is going to make some changes on how you organize those responsibilities and especially the ethics and belief systems that you organize your life around. I think that one of the other differences between Saturn and Capricorn and Saturn and Aquarius is, you know, Saturn and Capricorn is dealing with material resources and material structures. Saturn and, and Aquarius, I hope I said that right, Saturn and Capricorn, material structures. Saturn and, and Aquarius is dealing with intellectual structures, the ideas, the laws that bind us together in an architectural way. And those types of ideals may have to be up for renovation. We, earlier today, Jennifer, we were having a philosophical discussion, a kind one, about the, the challenges of late-stage capitalism, the dangers of extremes of any source, sorts of, uh, sort of philosophical organization of society, including socialism, communism, etc., and how any type of system can become corrupt if it goes to extremes or, or is mismanaged. Um, so we may be having to challenge our ideas of what we are or aren't entitled to during these changes, um, how we organize our society. Um, we've been, not to belabor the, the capitalism point again, but in Western civilization, we've been um, given a certain narrative around it and, and how if we just work hard enough and we just work harder, we'll be able to ascend the ladder of 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 society and be, everyone can be a millionaire and etc. And we're finding that that's not always true and that some people are, are have more advantages and disadvantages than others and that we are not starting at the same starting point and having to make changes around that could bring about a more equitable situation for everyone and dealing we're dealing with the the, the corruption in the system. So I think that long story short Pluto on your natal Saturn is going to change some ideas you have potentially about how you organize your life and the ideals that support it. Okay. 
All right, let's go back to Taurus rising. I'm sorry I can't get to every single comment here. I'm trying my best to, to give everybody uh, some time, some face time. But let's go back to Taurus rising and see if we can get through this together. What do you say, friends? Uh, I feel like we did a pretty good job with Taurus rising, okay? The tension between the job and family and your ability to expand your own personal resources and shifting through your belief systems. Let's move forward now to Gemini rising. Okay, Gemini rising. So Gemini rising, you will be going through a full moon in the ninth house and the third house. So the sun will be in the ninth house, bringing an awareness to your belief systems and especially how they relate to the greater whole, the collective. I would say another thing to consider with Aquarius placements is, and this is something I learned from Joy Usher, is Aquarius also tends to only give you and reveal the information that is in support of one particular outcome. It can completely cast into shadow information that doesn't support its particular goal or worldview. So this is another thing we have to keep in mind of, of the Aquarius part of our chart is we may only see what we want to see and we may completely cast into shadow the, the, the competing narrative that doesn't support our chosen worldview. So this is another thing where we could make some changes around that in particular is, is it can, especially with Pluto moving into this area, it could reveal our ignorance uh, around or our intentional ignorance around certain things. So this is something to keep in mind. And with Gemini rising, this could be through your personal belief systems, how you relate to orthodox systems like religion or higher education in your life, how you relate to the legal system. Oftentimes people with uh, mercurial placements are flexible when it comes to the law. And I'm, that's the nicest way I can say it uh, because of Mercury's desire for, uh, I don't know, relativity, I guess I could say that. Um, so the Mercury is a trickster. Hermes is a trickster and doesn't always follow the, the, the expected rules, laws, etc. Um, so there could be some changes in regards to your relationship to the law potentially. There could be some tension between the orthodox systems in your life and how you find meaning in your life and your everyday existence with the moon becoming full in Leo in your third house. So this is a type of uh, energy where your changing, shifting beliefs are, are going to necessitate a shift of your daily habits and routines. And you may be feeling a lot of pressure to change your daily habits and routines as well. Now you may have some support from Jupiter in Taurus that is in the overcoming square to the Leo moon. So this could be a time to get, get some space some, so you can hear the different opinions that may come up when you are in solitude. And of course, there's probably multiple voices that are speaking simultaneously. And it's important to just parse out your own multiplicity of voices versus having to deal with everyone else's opinions as well. Um, and I think it can be really important to have some meditative time so that all of those different philosophical viewpoints can become unified. 
And you might have to take a time out. You may have to take a break. You may have to find a, a quiet space. You may have to, to say no to some social events and obligations so that you can be in that space, Gemini rising. The other thing I will say, Gemini rising, is that you have this really interesting uh, conjunction of Mars and Mercury coming together in your eighth house. So there could be some, some action uh, in shared resources with other people. You could be trying to build something as far as uh, related to money of a partner. Uh, you could be working together with a partner to build your, your financial resources. You could be having challenging discussions about estates and about uh, managing an inheritance. I've got a, a Gemini rising friend who's been going through a lot of bureaucratic red tape in, in a, an estate that they are responsible for managing. Um, and so you, you might make some progress finally with that, with Mercury and Mars coming together, even though there might be some, some tough feelings that come up with it. I guess I would highly recommend to everyone, like we were mentioning earlier, if you are feeling your ire being raised in a certain area of your life, look to the Capricorn maturity to get you through it in a way that will ultimately serve you better. I, I often find that if I'm having difficulty with a bureaucratic system in my life, oftentimes that person on the other end of the line is just a cog in a much bigger uh, set of gears, right? And they're just trying to do the best that they can. If, and if I'm giving the, the pawn a hard time they're going to be much less inclined to help because they're probably already feeling pressure from their bosses and etc. So trying to be kind to people while you're working through these bureaucratic challenges, I think actually will grease the wheels for things to, to work out better. That's not always the case, but I think oftentimes it, it can work better. I would say on the, conversely, if, if your first response is one of anger and of criticism, that can lead to the person on the other end of the line to completely shut down. And it, it will actually make the process take longer rather than speed it up. Now there's limits to all of this. I think that there comes a point where we can become too nice or too passive. And that's not what I'm suggesting here. I think that we can be firm and we can have expectations without being a jerk about it, right? Um, so you don't have to be overly friendly, but you can be business-like in your communication while also still understanding that bureaucratic systems are often bigger than any one individual. Okay, so I hope that helps, helps you, uh, Gemini Rising. Let's keep going. So let's go to Cancer Rising. Cancer Rising. So Cancer Rising has the sun in the eighth house opposing the full moon in the second house. So this could be something where we are dealing with an issue around what is yours versus what is what belongs to somebody else. Uh, there is a helpful trine, I'm sorry, helpful square actually, an overcoming square from Jupiter to the moon in Leo from your 11th house. So there could be some support from your community that's helping you to work through 
some of the challenges of what is you know a shared resource versus something that you hold individually. Um, as a cancer son, I can also say that our our snowplow issue was exacerbated because we share a driveway with another home, and we had to work out all the issues with the neighbor to be able to go into in together to be able to do this snowplow kind of thing. So that this is another example of like having to work with a community. Um, and this is for a Cancer Sun person, but sometimes I find there's overlap between rising and sun sign horoscopes for some reason. It's kind of a little quirk of, uh, of astrology. But for you Cancer rising, full moons are always pretty intense because the, the moon is the ruler of your ascendant. Remember, 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 the moon is out of bounds for this particular full moon. So you may be acting a little bit out of normal expect social expectations around this period of time. You may be feeling a lot of pressure to make money, to support yourself, and to so that you can have the support of others or support others. And I know that cancer types in general put a lot of pressure on themselves to make sure that they're providing everything that their family and, and the people that they care about need. So do yourself a favor, Cancer. Realize that you're doing the best that you can and that, you know, it'll work out in, in all due time. There could have been some a revelation of some sort of corruption within a partnership, and that might lead to uh, some new arrangements in who takes care of what uh, financially, some financial responsibility shifts as Pluto moves into your eighth house. I have another good friend, Cancer Rising, who was dealing with possibly visiting a, an elderly family member uh, that that may or may not have been having some challenges with uh, their basic functioning needs and having to probably deal with some of those challenges. So it can it can manifest in a lot of different ways. Um, also, Cancer Rising, you've had. Saturn moving through your ninth house, and this could be completely uh, reshaping your philosophical beliefs that motivate your actions out in the world. Uh, this is a placement where some of the dreams that you may have had, some of the motivating factors probably have to be released and let go of, and others of you are seeing some of your beliefs and dreams that you had come into physical reality, and that, and that could be exciting. So it doesn't always necessarily have to be bad. We just have to get clear about what is real and what isn't. Um, you also have Mars and Mercury coming together in your seventh house. So this could, there could be some spicy yet productive conversations as long as you're able to keep your cool uh, with partners that you have in your life. Okay. Let's go back. I've got some comments rolling in, and then we'll get to Leo Rising. So we have, uh, let's see. Mariana says, Leo Sun, Gemini Rising. I'll be on vacation by the full moon and trying to get a job abroad. Right? So you're having the sun in the ninth house, Mariana. Um, as we just discussed with Gemini Rising, uh, a big spotlight on long distance journeys potentially. And a foreign place is also related to the ninth house. And that may shake up your, your routines, uh, your daily habits, uh, trying to get this new job that will, will very much change your everyday experience. And there may, maybe there's some pressure around that as well, so hang in there. 
Yeah, new second job. Good. Mm, let's see. Just reading through the chats here. So Yevgen is here. What's up, Yevgen? Austin and me got Venus and five swords. I've got Mercury as well, living in the United States 20 years, helping Ukrainians with money transfers. Ironically, my family wasn't supportive of me to be an artist. Uh, okay. I'm trying to make sense of that. Um, I know Yevgen. Let's see. Having Venus in five swords. So this Venus... Venus in Aquarius 1 is the Five of Swords Deccan, is what Yevgen is referring to. Um, allows me to use the cheapest gold vinyl and to create wearable art and sell it to, to LA celebs for over five years. Perfect. That's a great example, Yevgen. We were talking earlier about repurposing uh, things that society might deem as lesser value, but creating something of beauty with it. So that's a great example. And I've seen some of Yevgen's artistic creations, and they are amazing. Um, you make some really incredible costume uh, costume art and jewelry and wearables. So another example of how you can take materials that people would normally discard and create something beautiful for it. So that's a great example, friend. Casey says, I love your terminology, Spencer, the bureaucratic red tape, <laughs> quote unquote. Thanks for being here. I look forward to Scorpio Rising Horoscope. Oh, Casey, thanks, friend. And it's great to see your face on the screen there, my friend. Yeah, you know, I try to keep it. I, I try to be as kind, even to the, the challenging, you know, parts of our experience. Um, <laughs> bureaucratic red tape is a, a great word for sometimes the corrupt systems that we're a part of. And I just appreciate your feedback on that, my friend. Um, again, I really think that when we're talking about bureaucratic red tape, uh, the system is made up of individuals. And some of the individuals are making poor ethical choices that have have made life difficult for many 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 people and there are other people that are just cogs in the system right that are just trying to survive and like we talked about with De devin earlier it's not hypocritical to to talk about and be critical of capitalism while we're still participating in it because it's the system that we live in and we we're still everyone here is just trying to make ends meet right so i try to be critical on this channel with also being solution orientated without being too um, without trying to point fingers at just one particular group individual etc because problems that are system orientated are multivalent that are layered and they have complex they're complex problems and they have complex solutions and when we try to to other people in our life when we try to point fingers um i find that counterproductive although we do have to to speak truth to power when it is necessary so that's a that's a long-winded way of saying uh thank you casey for your comment and i will try to do my best when we get to scorpio rising and i'll do my best to try to to shine a light on some of the the challenging things that we have to go through as a community together in society. I'll try not to shy away from it as much as I can. Okay. You all are such an awesome community. I'm so excited that you're all here with me today. Do me a huge favor, friends. Before we get into Leo Rising, uh, please like and subscribe to the channel. It does me a huge favor with the, the algorithm. It helps me to grow my channel and to, to reach more people with this message. If you believe in the messages that we're talking about today, 
liking and subscribing to the channel can help us reach more people that we might not normally reach and maybe hopefully open people's minds up to new ways of seeing things and new new experiences all right let's take a little stretch break we're gonna stretch out here again before we get to Leo rising I want you to get a drink of water stay hydrated get a snack if your blood sugar is low we're a we're a Taurus midheaven show here so we like to to pay attention to our bodies and tune into them and make sure that we're listening to the messages that they're giving us and when we're doing two three hour live streams we're gonna be sitting a lot we need to make sure that we're stretching oh you hear that that was a crack sorry that was my spine saying, yes, you've moved me and lubricated <laughs> my joints. <laughs> oh, boy. Fun, huh? Okay. So, friends, let's talk Leo Rising. Let's go back to the chart. And we will take a look at this for Leo's. So Leo rising, here we have another fixed rising sign. And for the fixed signs for this lunation, we are experiencing an angular full moon. So for Leo rising, you are getting some assistance in your career from Jupiter in the overcoming square to the moon, which is probably exerting some pressure on you personally to compete uh, and have a relationship with the public potentially with the Sun and Pluto moving into the seventh house there could be some feelings of uh, visibility some questions of visibility with this I think that oftentimes we make the mistake of feeling like Leo's enjoy being visible all the time and as a Leo rising person I can tell you that that is not true all the time it doesn't mean it isn't true some of the time I will say that one of the superpowers that Leo's do have and that I have experienced is that even if there is a anxiety about being visible which there often is because we care about well we care what people think about us whether we should or not when the spotlight clicks on there is a light switch that flips with the Leo type person it's like the Sun turning on um, every time I would get up on stage to perform as a professional musician I would have a lot of challenges with the lead-up to that a lot of anxiety and nervousness it's you know butterflies right but once once I was in front of that microphone and once I started getting into the flow state it's just we Leo has an, an ability to direct that spotlight and that attention and I've I've very rarely has that placement failed me in that regard it's the same thing with, with doing this work oftentimes before uh, going live I'll have a lot of preparation that I'm doing and I feel a lot less stress the more that I'm prepared so Leo rising the the the, the advice I can give you for for helping to mitigate that pressure that you might be feeling to compete to perform 
is be prepared and practice. The more that you can practice the thing that you are trying to do, in when the moment hits, you know you'll be ready. The worst gigs that I've had as a musician is when I felt like I just wasn't pre prepared for it and then I was just fumbling through it. Same thing with like live streams and webinars. Like I've, I haven't had one of those moments in a long time. I, I think the worst that I've been experiencing lately is just trying to completely understand this new technology that I'm working with and some of the quirks of it. And sorry for the freeze today. I think my computer was like, you're trying to do too many things, but we worked it out and here we are. So you, you may be having to make some big changes in your relationships, Leo Rising. You may be feeling like you are, don't want to conform in your relationship, and that could be putting some pressure on you personally. You may also be having a lot of expansion going on in your, in your work and in your career, and that could put, bring some tension between your own needs and the needs of your partnership if you are in one professionally or romantically. So just try to pace yourself. Uh, with Mercury and Mars coming together in your sixth house, there could be some productive, hopefully, conversations about how you organize your work, how the people that you work with, the practitioners that you work with. Um, as you expand your your work out in the public sphere, maybe there's something where you need some assistance. Maybe you need to hire some people to help you to do the work that you do. Uh, this is something I constantly kind of think about and kick around in my brain as I'm the type of person that really just likes to do things independently. But as, as you expand the work that you do, sometimes you might have to hire a service to do something. Same thing with like plowing. Like I could spend four hours outside shoveling my, my driveway or I could spend that time preparing work to do live streams. So those are the sacrifices that you may have to make or the, or the balancing things that you may have to make as far as uh, how to support the work that you're doing out in the world. Uh, the interesting thing I think with Leo Rising is that the sun is in its exile. I have often found some challenging periods in my life as a Leo Ascendant coming during Aquarius season. Oftentimes I'll have to adjust my energy to someone else's desires, whims, needs, and that can be a little bit frustrating for Leo Rising that likes to assert their own will. I've had challenges with court things, like with, I've, I've, for those of you who know my story, know that I've gone through a really, really challenging co-parenting situation, of which I'm mostly on the other side of now. My lovely daughter had her 20th birthday on Wednesday. Happy birthday again, Sophie. Love you very much. Um, but I, I often had a lot of like some of these legal things come up where I had to deal with a quote-unquote open enemy as one of the Hellenistic significations or just someone that I was butting heads with uh, during Aquarius season. Um, I, I had uh, had to go deal with a, a community of people when my, my lovely mother had a, had a stroke during Aquarius period of time. Uh, so just a lot of things happen during Aquarius season that are big chapter markers where it's a little bit of a difficult time. When you see the planet of your first house in a challenging dignity, that can often speak to a little bit more challenging experiences in our life. Now, is it permanent? No. Does it mean that every single Aquarius season has been terrible or every single Libra season is terrible? No. But it, but it is a little bit out of alignment with the type of energy that we would prefer to be working with. 
which in Leo's case would be one that is more self-directed rather than having to constantly make adjustments to either another individual or a, of the group. So those, those are things to consider Leo rising as you move through Aquarius season in particular and with Pluto moving into Aquarius is there may be some changes that you have to go through in, as far as asserting your own desire, your own will, and being able to make adjustments to the needs of the collective. Okie doke. All right. So, let me, I have a, yeah, let's see, Casey, we have more comments here. Big Steph says, sorry, having a dead Kennedy's moment. Punch the clock. Why don't you punch the boss? Oh, spoken like a true Aries rising, Big Steph. <laughs> like, try not to punch your bosses if you can. Uh, <laughs> that's a good way to not have a job moving forward, but to each his own, you know. Uh, Casey says, beautifully said, in, in reference to our bureaucratic red tape conversation, we are responsible for ourselves and how we treat and care for one another. I, I agree with that, friend. Um, it is... Personal responsibility is, is an important value uh, to, to take into the challenges that we have within the collective as well. Uh, as much as the collective challenges may be weighing down on us, we always have a choice as, as to how we can react to those things. And it doesn't mean we roll over and die, but we can interact in a way that, that acknowledges the shared humanity and experience of everybody in the situation. And if we can do that, it's going to be easier to find those solutions. So again, thank you for being here, friend. Big Steph says, excited to see what several months of Pluto and Aquarius brings, not an old punk than Spencer. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I am, I am a little bit uh, punk in some ways and very much not in others. I, I would say that I've lived my life as a little bit of like an iconoclast where if there's something that I don't believe in, you're not going to get me to do it. Like I'll just dig my heels in and just absolutely not do it. Um, and, and that's led me down some really interesting paths, some, some beautiful paths, some difficult paths. Um, I, I've refused to conform for the sake of social climbing, I guess I will say. Uh, which has made my ascent slower. <laughs> like, as far as like the punk part of it, I used to hang out at this. There was a place. Maybe Jennifer will remember this place. Maybe not. There was a Ann Arbor actually has a pretty interesting underground scene, um, and there was this place called the Raw House where there was a lot of like punk rock shows, and uh, we we would call them the crusty punks of Ann Arbor. Because Ann Arbor is actually a fairly affluent place. It has its balancing energy of like people who completely reject all of the, I don't know, the yuppie energy there. And uh, I've run, run in those circles at various times. Um, I was never like somebody who would actively antagonize anybody. That's probably where the, the punk uh, part of my me sorts of deviates. Uh, I was never intentionally trying to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Um, and that might be the part of the thing where I'm trying to conform to be nice, I guess. Big Steph says, I'm not an old punk, but I love some of the music. Yeah, I can agree. I can get on board with that. Uh, I like, uh, I like, um, I like the band, I believe it's X, which is uh, Billy Idol's old, old, uh, old band. It's pretty good stuff. There were some interesting things with, uh, 
Oh, geez, what's the other? Johnny Rotten and all that stuff. So, but I digress. Michelle is here. Oh, thank you, Michelle, for the super sticker. Appreciate you. Always appreciate your your generosity to the channel. Hope that you're doing well, my Capricorn rising friend. We're getting pretty close. You're at the end of the line today with uh, Cap Rising. You, were, you got to go first last week, <laughs> newbie. Uh, hopefully, I know that you'll be super patient. Late to the party today, yes. Uh, Jennifer says, no, not into punk. <laughs> you know, like I said, there's so many different ways to live a life that, that we're just all trying to figure it out. Um, the, one, the one thing that I didn't resonate with all of that was the, the whole mosh pit thing. I don't really enjoy uh, being crashed into and just going to those shows and them just physically injuring each other to dance around was that was not my thing. So I, I was kind of off to the side be like, don't touch me. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want a bloody nose. I like the music is good, but don't break my nose. Uh, so, OK, let's move forward. How about Virgo Risings out there? Let's keep on rolling. Okay, Virgo rising. Virgo rising. Virgo rising is uh, experiencing the sun moving through their sixth house and the moon in the twelfth with an opposition between the two. Jupiter is hanging out in the ninth, uh, maybe bringing some assistance from either the legal system or an orthodox religious organization or from a higher education type of experience. Maybe you're making plans to go on a trip of some sort or a long distance journey to find meaning within your life. All of those things could be could be in play for you. There's probably a lot of focus on your the work that you're doing that you're not necessarily getting a lot of credit for right now, which is probably not unfamiliar for Virgo Risings in general because they often do a lot of work that doesn't get acknowledged. You may be feeling a lot of pressure with this Leo moon to find some solitude, to find some peace. Uh, I think maybe this, this, if I was looking at this chart and I was like seeing, okay, sun in the sixth, moon in the twelfth, feeling a little bit overworked and overburdened, Jupiter's hanging out in the ninth house, and then you've got a stellium in the fifth, that looks like a good time for maybe a, a vacation to me. So Virgo rising, if you're, if you're looking through the, uh, <laughs> The, the books there and seeing how you can carve out some time just to, to find some some peace and quiet and maybe get out of your normal routines and habits, that could probably bring you a, a lot of um, good energy for sure. Oh, Devin says, where's your Mars, Spencer? It usually shows where and how we deal with conflict. Also, if you like mosh pits. <laughs> My Mars is in Virgo, Devin. I have Mars in Virgo 3. Uh, I think that like maybe Mars and Virgos like gosh this this too this too dirty for me <laughs> like I don't want to get involved in this dirty mosh pit right I don't, um so I I'm a little bit of a germaphobe too I I don't really enjoy like getting all up in people's uh people's business <laughs> so but I like music and I like all types of music and I was no stranger to music that expressed difficult emotions too so so there was that. Uh, let's see. 
Shell says, my son love it and crowd surfs. My son loves mosh pits and crowd surfs too. Oh, well, to each his own. I mean, there's sometimes for some folks, that's a great, a great outlet. So I can't hate on it too much. It just wasn't, wasn't for me. Uh, Jennifer did have an experience with the, the crusty punks of Ann Arbor. And it was too weird for me. Yeah. It, there's, there's some really beautiful uh, communal experiences in that, in with those folks, but there's also some challenging ones too. So uh, it's not perfect. As every community has its its light and its dark side. Michelle says, "Virgo Sun, I'm not really going to last too last." <laughs> like, oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, Devin Malone says, "I used to with Mars and conjunct Venus and Sag." Oh, that feels like a mar a mosh pit uh, conjunction, Mars and Venus and Sagittarius <laughs> for sure. Uh, definitely conflict with red tape. Yes, and Jennifer says to each his own. Absolutely. Okay, so Virgo rising, great time probably to, to plan your vacation. Uh, I would say that you probably are going to be going through some changes with how you how you work and how you rest. There is Saturn moving through your seventh house, changing some parts of your belief system around your relationships. Try not to get too territorial with a partner with, with Saturn on a fixed star called Denebel DJ, which is associated with Cygnus the Swan, and swans can be very protective and territorial of their nests. Um, and then try to have some fruitful conversations about how you pursue pleasure with Mercury and Mars coming together in your fifth house, and Venus there as well. Um, you might Virgos enjoy practical pleasures, I guess, maybe with, with, the, with Capricorn on the fifth house. It, it, it might not seem like fun to other folks, but but it might be something that that they really enjoy doing. That's very specific and idiosyncratic. Uh, I I'm thinking the thing that comes to mind with Virgo and Virgo rising and, and pursuing pleasure. I'm thinking of Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. You know, he was he was pretty uptight, pretty tightly wound, um, but he created this really interesting game from scratch called the Cones of Dunshire. And it was all about building civilizations with these cones. And it feels like very Virgo, Virgo rising or Virgo sun type of activity with Capricorn on the fifth house cusp, the, the building aspect of, of, a, of a Capricorn Saturn type energy. Um, there's a really great episode in the seventh season where he's, he is like playing someone who is a CEO of a company like Google, um, and beats him at his own game for the for the good of bringing high speed internet to an underserved uh, low income community, and he 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 beats them by understanding the meaning of the game, which is you're missing the meaning of the game. It's it's the cones, <laughs> like by humble farmers taking out all of this. So just kind of just kind of a funny little aside. Go check that out. Parks and Rec. Ben Wyatt. Okay, Virgo rising, take it easy on yourself. Let's keep going. We are going to shift to Libra rising. And this time, I believe I have the right, the right ascendant up there for you. So Libra rising, last week we had a little snafu with it being the wrong one. Um, so Libra ascendant. You are experiencing this full moon over the fifth house and 11th house axes. And there could be a spotlight being shown on how you seek pleasure 
within your life. There could be some issues coming up with your children or if you have a creative project that you're working through, anything that is a project or a creative project of the mind as well. Uh, this could be something where you are having to really make some changes with Pluto moving through that house, beginning to move through that house uh, as far as how you seek pleasure and, and how it fits in with your community as well. There could be some pressure on you right now, Libra rising, with the moon in the first decade of Leo to compete within a group and a, commu and a community, to stand out, to figure out how you stand out from the group. Uh, and that could feel a little bit challenging. Um, Libra rising doesn't always like to shake the boat necessarily. And sometimes you may have to stand up and use your voice and, and show people your own abilities within the group as well, rather than just passively observing around this time. Um, you're getting some support from Jupiter in your eighth house. So there might be something where you're making beneficial plans with a partner to expand your resources. Okay. You're also having a pretty big stack up in your fourth house with Mercury and Mars coming together and Venus there as well. And the big trine with Venus and Jupiter over the fourth and the eighth house axes. So there could be some, some conversations around your home life and how to build the structures of your domestic sphere. Saturn is, is hanging out in your sixth house, hosting the sun in this particular chart, challenging you to change your beliefs or to bring some beliefs into reality or to let some return back to the earth in regards to how you toil in, in the world, how you provide services for other people, the work that you do that you don't get a lot of credit for. You may also have to make some shifts in the, the contractors that you hire. And there may be some chronic conditions potentially coming up with your health that, that need to be dealt with as well. Um, the good news is that Venus is angular for you, and that's the ruler of your ascendant. Uh, Mars is, is coming to the point of the bounds, the, the bending, I'm sorry, the bending of the nodes. So there could be a turning point regarding your family that will lead to more independence potentially in the coming weeks ahead as well. Okay, let's see, look through the chat here. Steph says, I'm, I'm a calm old lady now, but I was fairly wild when I was younger. It just seemed normal to me. What can I say? <laughs> we all had our wild sides, right? Devin is, is sending love to big Steph. Yes, throw me in there. Let's rock. Devin says, Pluto in my creative center for 20 years, building my occult knowledge for writing. Yes, that's right. Devin is a, a Libra rising. So yeah, being able to, to embrace your own personal creativity, right? That could be something where you're, you're expressing your own viewpoint rather than necessarily needing permission from someone else to, to, for, to do what you need to do. I've, I've seen a lot of comments um, with... Libras in particular, where often the, the modern astrological criticism of Libra or Libra rising is that they're indecisive. I actually disagree with that. I don't think Libra is indecisive at all. I think what Libra is experiencing, and this is something that I learned through Liz Green and the Astrology of Fate and her uh, pointing out the story of the blind seer, or, or this uh, Tiresis, I believe is the name, or the story of Paris who had to make a choice as to which goddess was the fairest. I think Libra fully understands the ramifications of, of their choices. And what they're 
what they're struggling with is understanding that by making one choice, somebody within that equation may be disappointed, right? And that's the problem is, is who are we going to disappoint and what are the ramifications of that? In Paris's case, if he made the wrong choice, he would have felt the wrath of one of the goddesses of Olympus. And that might be something that I think I've talked with a lot of Libra folks where they're afraid of the wrath of the person or the choice that they don't make. And that's what can lead to what is observed as indecisiveness. And you Libras out there can confirm or deny that and see if that is, is resonating or not. But I think, yes, Devin is saying that Libra is discerning. And I think that that discernment is understanding someone else's perspective and understanding the benefits and the drawbacks of both sides of a choice. Yevgen says, the camera is so cool, Spencer. Thank you, Yevgen. We got, yeah, we've got a new kind of lighting setup, uh, new camera. We've got a, a what is called center stage, which the camera will follow me around if I move around to keep my face centered. It, it Sometimes it doesn't always work perfectly, but it is, it is kind of a cool thing. Like a I don't have to keep adjusting my screen and whatnot. We've got some new technology we're working with, and hopefully it's upgrading all of your experience out there in the world. Big Steph says, yes, they don't want to hurt or offend anyone, but still have strong convictions. My dad was a Libra. I, I agree with that. I do think Libra has strong opinions, and, and especially when it comes to equality and fairness and justice. They're able Because they're able to see both perspectives when something isn't fair and is unfavorably balanced towards one side or the other, that's when the uranies get uh, ignited, which is one of the spirits of the first second of Libra, where they can really get, their ire can get aroused if something is, is unfair. And then they go about the hard work of bringing about balance and, and equilibrium. One other reason I, I consider Saturn a planet of equilibrium is its exaltation in Libra. Oftentimes Saturn is in, in traditional literature is, is considered a planet that reduces that which is excessive and increases that which is lacking. And that's perfect for uh, the, the energy of both Venus and Saturn in Libra, the, the dual rulers of that particular sign. Yeah, Devin is confirming that. It's a reason why Saturn is exalted. It helps define the limits of what to, what to concern and, and makes things binding. Yes, yes. We're on the same wavelength, Devin. Okay. Scorpio rising. And we'll get to, we're going to have a special horoscope here, especially for my friend Casey and all you other Scorpio risings out there. We'll make a shift here. Thank you for your patience, my friends. Okay. Scorpio rising. We have come to yet another angular full moon. So this is a full moon over your fourth and tenth house axes. There is some help coming from Jupiter with the overcoming square, potentially, to this lunation. And I know that oftentimes we think of squares as negative influences. But I think in this case, with a benefic squaring the moon and the overcoming position, which means it's earlier in the zodiacal order, uh, it's actually a helpful position. So it's smoothing some things out. So for Scorpio rising, a couple things that I really like about this for Scorpio rising. First of all, the ruler of your ascendant is in Capricorn, which is its exaltation. So this could be a great time for Scorpio rising to really make 
long-term plans to have healthy routines moving forward. You could have some really great ideas about changing your health, your, your health, your daily habits, your short journeys that you take. You could be having fruitful conversations with extended family members like siblings, cousins, etc., about how to build more connection between them. And when the ruler of our charts is in its exaltation or well dignified, because some some charts don't have exaltations, like us us poor poor Leo risings, we don't have the sun doesn't have an exaltation ruler, so we just have to be content with with Leo season as far as having a dignified sun. Um, but for Scorpio rising, uh, I'm saying that in jest, <laughs> by the way, uh, kidding on the square, right? Um, but the, the, the having an exalted Mars for Scorpio rising is a real boost to your ability to, to strategize in a way that promotes actions that are in service of long-term uh, stability. Uh, one example I've seen of this recently is heightened decision-making for, for Scorpio suns and Scorpio risings. Just if you, if you allow me a sports digression, Jordan Love, the Packers, Green Bay Packers quarterback who went into Dallas, Texas and tore up the Tex the, te the Dallas Cowboys this past weekend in the playoffs, is a Scorpio son. The coach that he plays for is a Scorpio son. They're born like a day apart. And the, the scalpel precision and, and cool under pressure that both of them displayed in a high-pressure situation was something to marvel at. So I'm, I was really just uh, excited about their potential. And that's always been something that, that the pundits have said about Jordan Love is that he's the same guy every day, no matter what. And he's able to, to stay cool under, under pressure. Now, the same cannot be said for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, who Dak Prescott's a Leo son. And his, his wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, really great receiver, is an, is an Aries. Now, you would think that an Aries would have a good day because Aries is also hosted by a Mars, exalted Mars and Capricorn. But there is a square instead of a sextile between those two. And C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott both really kind of folded under the pressure of that playoff game. So this is just a little, little aside for you sports fans out there. But another example of how when a planet that hosts our rising sign and our natal suns or other planets in the chart is well dignified and in positive aspect, we might see ourselves becoming more effective. This is one of the ways that I've been able to predict um, sports outcomes is seeing the ruler of coaches and players natal suns and risings, which is much rarer to have a rising sign for a sports player because we don't usually get their birth times. So I look to their suns. Now I will admit, for those of you who are paying attention, I did get the Super Bowl win, winner wrong this time. I picked the Eagles. I'm sorry for all you Eagles fans out there, but they kind of crapped the bed at the second half of the season. Um, I haven't gone back and looked again with the the people that are still alive in the playoffs, but I will never be happier to be wrong if the Packers win. <laughs> so um, but I digress. So Scorpio Rising... Thank you for allowing that little teaching moment and sports moment within there. 
So a lot of focal points on your fourth house, your family, maybe you had a conflict with somebody in your immediate environment, like a sibling, like a cousin, like a aunt or an uncle with the sun and, and Pluto coming together. And now you might be choosing potentially to go off into exile or to maybe be more of an objective observer within your family. You may have to change the way that you interact with family members potentially. Um, the moon is putting pressure on, on you to perform uh, publicly during this full moon. So you're, there have to be a balance between your sun and, and lunar consciousness over your private self and your public self. But you may be getting some assistance from good, good planning, material planning and resources of a partner or someone that you're working together with. And that could really lead to some, some fortuitous outcomes. Uh, Casey is saying, please take a look at, for the Super Bowl winner when you have, when you have time. I trust your judgment. I, I definitely will. I, I, um, I'm excited about, you know, the people that are left in the playoff field. So I'll take a look at that. So Casey, one thing I can suggest and the technique I was using is taking a look at the Super Bowl game and with the time and place and comparing the North and South node to the coaches of the particular teams. So if you want to be able to replicate my method, Casey, for, for correctly predicting the ones that I did correctly predict before this Nick Sirianni debacle with the Eagles, um, take a look at which coaches have planets conjoining the South Node potentially for the loser or like a good planet on the South Node or the ruler of their sun or and potentially for people winning with con conjunctions with the North Node unless it's an ill-dignified malefic with the, with the North Node. So you always want to take into account the conditions of a planet, the conditions of the ruler of that coach's natal sun. Um, so I'll have to keep an eye on that. But I'm feeling bullish on Green Bay uh, because of the fact that they have a Scorpio coach, and I believe he might be the only Scorpio coach left. Um, we have uh, John Harbaugh as a Libra son, and, you know, Venus isn't in bad shape. Uh, Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers is a is a Sagittarius sun. Jupiter is is okay, but it's not aspecting his natal sun. Um, I'd have to look deeper into it. But uh, the Bills coach, I believe, is a Sagittarius as well. Um, are those the ones that are left? Who's left? The Lions? Oh, oh, this is another dark horse. Dan Campbell for the Lions is an Aries sun, and Aries is hosted by Mars, and he has uh, a, an exalted Mars going right now too. So definitely could be potential for Packers and Lions doing well right now. Um, but I have to, I have to see. Kansas City, Andy Reid is a, a Pisces sun, and I picked them as my Super Bowl loser, but but uh, and so they're still alive. So we'll see. But I digress. That's my short short Super Bowl off the top of my head thing, but maybe I'll make a video for those you sports fans out there. Uh, we've been kind of taking a break with the, the other astrology of sports podcasts, so maybe I'll have to start picking that up here on this channel. Okay, friends. So, Scorpio Rising, do you feel adequately seen and uh, worked through? Um, one question I, I will say with Mars at the bending of the nodes, or one observation, is that you may be through changing your routines. Uh, two things that are happening right now. 
Mars at the bending of the nodes in the third house, which represents your daily habits, routines, and journeys, is helping you to create uh, productive structures. And that could lead you to more independence in your work. Okay, So if you're able to have a more productive routine, it could lead you to, to be able to move under your own power rather than having to look to others to, to move forward. And that also can coincide with Saturn moving through your fifth house, where Saturn is helping you to get real about the ways that you might be pulling yourself away from, you know, reality or from, uh, you know, productivity through seeking pleasure. It could be through substances. It could be through just through escapism. I have a feeling that many Scorpio and Scorpio risings seek pleasure through, like, gaming or through... Uh, any form of escapism like like movies or something like that so Saturn's probably moving through there and saying there's got to be sometimes when you're living in reality no matter how tough that that might be so a healthy balance between going off into our imagination and having one foot in the in the real world is gonna is gonna help you with that okay big stuff says I love the sports stuff good <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad someone likes it Oh, Casey says, thanks for being so open. I'm from Buffalo and got and get to go to the game next Sunday. So I'm hoping they finally make it. That's interesting, Casey. Uh, what a crazy turn of events with the game being postponed with the weather in Buffalo. Uh, Josh Allen is on fire right now, so I could definitely see him being successful. I'll have to take a closer look at Sean McDermott's chart, I believe, the coach's chart to see if uh, what, what's going on there. Buffalo is one of my favorite fan bases because they remind me so much of the Packers fan base. You know, a northern city that with a, a, a working blue-class collar city, um, really passionate fans. Um, I would be super psyched to see Green Bay Buffalo Super Bowl. That would be awesome. So I'll, I'll root for that. Uh, Casey says, very insightful Scorpio reading on my part. I have Scorpio Stellium, Moon, Conjunct Mars, and Leo. We'll definitely take the advice on changing the daily routine. Oh, good, Casey. And one day at a time, right? It's with Mars and Capricorn. You don't have to make all those changes all at once. It, it you can see what works, see what doesn't. Start planning for the long term, and the delayed gratification is what's going to really help get us through. We have to be able to believe in what we don't see, and if we make those changes, we will be able to. Uh, eventually start to see the results over time but often we have to take a leap of faith so this is a great time to take a leap of faith for changing the routine even if it doesn't produce immediate results okay big Steph says six nations rugby is starting the first week of february i'm excited already nice now rugby that's a that's a sport <laughs> that's a sport they don't wear pads they're just just beating the heck out of each other like those punk mosh pits without pads and whatnot. So you got to be a tough SOB to play rugby, that's for sure. So that's fun, big stuff. I'm excited for you and your, your Aries Rising sport of choice. Okay. So let's keep going. Sagittarius Rising. Okay, Sagittarius Rising. Thank you for your patience. I know you folks can get a little restless sometimes. I'm talking to you, Stephen the Jupiterian. <laughs> your patience is admirable, friend. Um, so Sagittarius rising. We've got a full moon over the ninth and third house axes. You've got the sun lighting up your third house of daily habits and routines. 
uh, Pluto is about to move into that area so that you can uh, make some big changes. Whereas Scorpio might be making changes that are with having the long term in perspective, it might be more of a, a short term uh, experience. Yes, you are going to be making changes that hopefully will lead to long term solutions. But the difference between having Mars and Capricorn, which is there for a few weeks, versus Pluto moving into the third house, which is going to be there for a couple decades, is definitely uh, a, a question of scale and scope. So this is going to kick off a much long, a much longer term cycle of having to change the way that you move through your day, Sagittarius rising. Now, you may be having to deal with the fallout from a financial situation, potentially. Um, I know last time when Stephen was on here, he was talking about expanding his business, and I'm I'm wondering how that's been going for you, friend. Uh, and there may be some ex exposure of some corruption, or like there may be some disappointment that comes through a financial situation potentially that will lead to going off on a different direction potentially with the sun moving into into Aquarius. Now there could be some pressure that you're feeling, Sagittarius rising, to perform out in the the philosophical realm or to to express your own belief system. Uh, that is in alignment with an orthodox belief system, even though that there's a the sun is spotlighting the house that is related to wisdom that arises from your intuition. The third house also is associated with um, the heretic and with wisdom that arises from within the body rather than from an external system. So you might have to start learning to trust that wisdom with Pluto moving through there and with the sun moving through that, ener that energy space. Now there's Mercury and Mars coming together in your second house. So maybe, maybe in, if you aren't seeing the immediate results, there's just still some building that needs to happen with your financial situation. But the good news is, is that Venus is going to be moving through the second house and trining Jupiter in the sixth. So as I've been, uh, advising for a lot of Sagittarius and Sagittarius risings um, with Jupiter moving through your sixth house oftentimes we just have to do some of the hard work do some do some of the the thankless tasks to be able to plan for abundance so if you're a Sag rising out there and you're listening to this uh, it's okay to do the the work behind the scenes necessary that will hopefully lead to abundance uh, in the future you might not see the results of it that right away, but that's that's a little term we call delayed gratification. And Jupiter is, is going to really help you to do the hard work necessary to create material success. Oftentimes when we have a Jupiter ruled ascendant, sun, etc., the idea around doing something is often more attractive than the actual action of doing it. Now, that's not always true for Sagittarius. Like Sagittarius sometimes does things and asks questions later, but they can be just as impractical as like a Pisces type too, right? Where Pisces might dream it before doing it, or the dream is more attractive than the hard physical work necessary to get the dream done. Um, so Jupiter ruling your ascendant right now in Taurus, Sagittarius rising, is saying, get earthy. 
realize that the movement is not necessarily going to be as fast as you might want it to be. And, and so when planets are in an Earth element, manifestation is slower, right? It's, it's ideas and passions move a lot faster than physical uh, experiences. So accept the fact that you may have to work within the physical realm and that that requires you to show up consistently, one day at a time. Do what is necessary to, to bring the next step of your journey into reality and then take a break and then show up the next day and take the next step to bring your dream into reality. Consistency is what is being called for with Jupiter in Taurus. Okay, Jennifer, or Don says, I'm ready for a change. Are you Sag Rising, Don? I think you are, right? Well, here you go. Consistency over time, friend. It says, fire, aim, ready. <laughs> we are a smidgen impetuous. Yeah, Don, it's just, this is just going to be an exercise in, in just slowing down a little bit. Doesn't mean that you can't be your, your optimistic, uh, fiery self. It just means that you have to be able to, what are these balloons? Ugh. I have this reactions on, <laughs> sorry, there's weird balloons that haven't, um, you just might have to slow down and, uh, you know, build yourself a, a, a nice volcanic fire, right? Like think about lava rocks. You got to build the structure first so that, that you can sustain the fire over time. Jennifer says, dad's a sad rising and scheduled for an operation on the 25th. You know, I think this is, here's the thing. You've got Jupiter in the sixth house there, Jennifer, for your dad. Um, I think that's actually a really positive thing for something like a surgery. First of all, whenever you have a surgery, I always look for Mars to see what w how things are going. And with Mars exalted, that could represent the surgeon and that they're at their best. And with Jupiter there in the sixth house, Ju sixth house can also represent the doctors that are doing service for you. So with Jupiter there protecting you know, the bringing honor and merit to that position. I think it's a, a recipe for success, but I wish you luck with that, Jennifer, and hope everything's going to go well for you and your, for your father. Big Steph says, as much as I like full-on ferocity of rugby, I also love test cricket. Five days of psychology, weather effects. <laughs> well, as a, a somewhat of an ignorant American, I, I, I am less familiar with cricket, uh, but... Uh, I'm sure that there's tension and passion and all of the, the, the things that go into a sporting event. Um, but yes, getting out there on the pitch. And uh, I, don't, I don't know any cricket terminology, so forgive me if I'm, if I'm not saying any of it right. But uh, yeah, I think that here's the thing. Whatever sport we grow up with in our, in our countries of origin... You know, as long as we are having a passion for that, I'm I'm all about it. You know, like I I appreciate the the loyalty to these. You know, and Jennifer says yes, Jupiter is his lord. Good, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Jennifer. That should hopefully work out better for for both both you and him. Okay, let's finalize this. Uh, wrap this thing up with Capricorn rising. What do you say? You Capricorn Rising's got to go first last week, and you've been so patient this week. Thank you for your your beautiful patience, Cap Rising. You were born with it, so good job. So Cap Rising, we've got a full moon over the second and eighth house axes. 
So the sun is going to be highlighting how your resources, how you support yourself, how you make money individually, things that support you and your body. And there's going to be a full moon in your eighth house of shared resources. So there could be a spotlight and some pressure as far as the, the joint uh, conversations that you have and what needs to happen to make that a success. You will have some support from Jupiter in the fifth house. So this could be a good time, Capricorn Rising, to, to start planning how to relax and how to enjoy yourself through the process. I think oftentimes Capricorns and Capricorn Risings, they do the hard work necessary, but they sometimes they forget to come up for air. And I think one of the greatest lessons I've observed in my Capricorn friends is working harder doesn't always necessarily bring better results. Working smarter can, and part of working smarter can being learning how to balance work and play and learning how to relax because when you're able to recharge the battery that will helpful hopefully lead to more effective actions when you go back to the work ah oh, thanks yevgen yevgen serious dog astrologer for the super sticker appreciate you friend um, glad you're here today and thank you don for your super sticker thank you both for your generosity today appreciate all of the the support for the channel um, yeah, friends, if you'd like to make a donation to the work I'm doing here today, you can buy a super sticker or super chat in the uh, the chat on YouTube. You can also buy a super thanks after the fact on YouTube with the little heart on the video, or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. So thank you for your support, friends. So Cap Rising, know when to to relax, when to work hard, work smarter, not harder. Sometimes working smarter also is about delegation, delegating some responsibilities. I, you know, all of you who are familiar know that um, I have a Capricorn Rising partner, and I talk about her all the time. Check her out, Third Coast Mojo, Tanya Andrews. She has a wonderful magical business, but that young lady works very, very hard and takes on not only her own responsibilities but the responsibilities of everyone around her, uh, sometimes including mine, and I have we've had a lot of conversations on how to alleviate her burdens so that she can work smarter instead of harder and have some time to just enjoy ourselves and enjoy herself as a leo ascendant i don't have any problem learning how to pursue things that bring me joy <laughs> like sports but what a lot of our conversations have revolved around how can we delegate our responsibilities up to free her up to be able to pursue something that she enjoys doing you know, and th these are important conversations to have if you're a Capricorn or Capricorn rising. Is how can you make some space in your life, and and through through maybe getting some help from your partners in your life, more help. Um, I think that one of the most humble acts is knowing how to ask for help. Oftentimes, what Cap and Cap risings will do is they'll just go and do stuff, and they're they won't even communicate about it. They just have done it already. And having the communication about what your needs are is going to be important as you move forward. And that can really free you up to do, do things that you, you might enjoy. I mean, even though you have the ability to grind and to endure and do things that nobody else wants to do, 
doesn't mean that you have to shoulder everyone's responsibility all the time. You're going to be a better leader if you're doing things that you enjoy. Like think about Scrooge, right, in The Christmas Carol. That guy was just grinding away and expected everyone around him to grind away all the time over Christmas, etc. And when he finally learned to lighten up and have some enjoyable experiences, he got buy-in from his people around him. He had more of an enjoyable experience. He learned how to share more, etc. So all of those things can happen through putting down the, 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 the implements of work and relaxing every once in a while. So I hope that's helpful for you, Cap Rising. Some other things that I'm seeing here is just the, the, the beautiful trine between Venus and Jupiter through your first and fifth house. Great time to pursue something that you enjoy. Mercury and Mars coming together in your first, so having fruitful conversations about how to build your own uh, needs and desires, and especially through your health and your body, which is represented by the first house. So I think it's it could be a fortuitous time for you, Cap Rising. And uh, with Mars at the bending of the nodes shortly after this full moon, by changing your own expression and understanding long-term benefits of both work and rest, you may be able to move towards more independence, especially within your family, because Mars is going to be moving towards that north node in Aries in your fourth house. Excuse me. Okay. Make sense? All right. Big Steph says, my oldest daughter's birthday is today. She passed her Pluto examination very well. I'm so glad it's moving on. Good. Glad to hear that, Big Steph. Uh, Big Steph says, a guilt-free space for Tanya. They feel it's their responsibility and hard to let go of that. Amen to that, Big Steph. I, I feel you. And as I'm speaking this, Tanya's off helping people with the farmer's market. You know, she's working hard out there. And um, I don't know, she's, she, she does really great work. So if you, if you all can go support her at, at Third Coast Mojo, um, she really enjoys that work. It's, it's a lot of fun for her. So she loves working with you and your individual charts and creating custom oils and, and helping to recommend the right thing for your chart to help mitigate any challenging things you'd have in your chart. So that's a great way to support Tanya's work for sure. Michelle says, my Mars is 29 Leo and my moon is 11 Leo. Oh my goodness. So you're going to be... Uh, getting Pluto opposing the moon at some point in this cycle. That'll be interesting, right? Um, so maybe some changes with the way that you uh, give and receive support, Michelle, uh, especially having the moon in the in the eighth house as well. And this could be an initiation of sorts to your Pluto and Aquarius situation, right? The Pluto and Aquarius journey that you're going to go through over the next few decades. So, you know, Michelle, allow people to help you. If, if, and one thing I can recommend is as a, a Virgo stellium, sometimes we have to let go of control if we want to uh, move forward in life. And I know how hard it is to trust other people to do things to a certain standard. But oftentimes we have to let them go on to their mistakes and they're, we're giving them a gift by allowing them to, to learn from that just as much as we would if we were stepping in and doing it for them, if that makes sense. I had another one, wonderful experience with a, a Capricorn friend recently where that was one of our, our themes that we talked about is allowing people to uh, 
to learn from their mistakes and maybe delegate some responsibilities that they have taken on back to them, right? And, and really, that's, that's a gift. When we, when, sometimes when we do something for someone all the time, we're actually doing them a disservice because we're keeping them stuck in an old role that may not be best for their growth and evolution. Okay, that is the rising signs for the day, for the full moon in Leo. So, friends, you all have been so amazing here today. We have two more things to get to before we end for the day. Uh, we are going to talk about an animal and a hexagram. So let me bring this up for you. And we will put this on the screen. This is my animal for the full moon in Leo. And it is the lizard. The lizard is interesting. The lizard to me is actually, I would consider it a very Aquarian animal. Uh, so this seems to be a, remedia a remediation energy for the pressure that we might feel to perform with the Leo spotlight. The lizard is an animal that is a very observer, observational sensitive animal. In some of the literature that's related to indigenous cultures of the of the of North America regarding the lizard there was a story in one of the books I believe it was called medicine cards where they talked about the lizard dreaming and being able to dream their reality into existence and the story goes is that lizard was sunning himself on the rock and he had a snake approached him and the snake was like why are you not afraid of me right now why are you just sitting there and not moving and observing and the, the lizard was like, well, I dreamed you earlier, snake, and I dreamed that you were full of mouse. So he, he was dreaming about an experience that he was able to bring into his reality. So this can be a suggestion to help us dream our reality into existence, which I think Saturn in Pisces is helping us to do on some level. This is also a lesson towards detachment. One of the greatest lessons of Aquarius is knowing when to say when, learning when to be an observer rather than getting involved in a certain situation. So the lizard is teaching us through its ability to detach its tail if it's being pursued by a predator and then subsequently regrow, that we may have a situation in our life where we may have to detach from something that was important to us, especially with Pluto moving to Aquarius. We may have a conflict that reveals something that was uh, corrupt well, we have to say, you know what? I just can't fight this battle anymore. I have to release this and move on. Okay. And the lesson that the lizard teaches us is that when we actually do release the battle, the fight, okay, the five of wands conflict, sometimes we can regrow something even better in its place. Or at least we can regrow something different. We, we, what seems like a loss at first may not actually be as as big of a loss as we anticipate. So pay attention to your dreams. Pay attention to a recurring vision that you might have. Look for hidden gifts. Pay attention to your senses. Okay. Um, recognize that if other people are considering you lethargic, sometimes we get into these med meditative states. And those meditative states do not have to be just us doing nothing when we're dreaming, when we are meditating, when we're clearing our minds, that actually paradoxically 
can help us to manifest things quicker when we are able to get out of our own way. Oftentimes, we have a certain set of beliefs and philosophical values that are actually blocking us taking the actions necessary to bring our dreams into reality. And when we start clearing out that clutter, that can help us to become authentic and be the best version of ourselves that will help us to have unification between our inner reality and our outer experience. Big Steph says, ah, to be basking in the sun, they're all wisely hibernating now. Yeah, so that's the thing too. Lizards are cold-blooded. So we may have to get some sunshine. We may have to bring things to the light to recharge our energy and to bring some warmth into our lives. We don't want to be so completely detached and so completely in our heads that we aren't thinking partially with our hearts and seeing the warmth that we could provide for others and that we want to receive. Uh, let's see. Jennifer says, Dad is a cap son, and he told me when I asked him about why he didn't get a divorce through the tough times, his answer was, because I made a vow. There you go, right? I'm talking about the Capricorn commitment for sure. Sarah, thank you for the, the super sticker, Sarah Renee Marshall, for your super sticker. I appreciate you, friend. Appreciate you showing up at these lives every week and for your contribution. So I hope that you're doing well out there, my fellow Leo Rising friend. Michelle says, thanks, Spencer. Yes, that resonates. I'm not good at asking for help. That's what we're talking about with Cap Rising, right? Uh, trusting other people. Maybe taking a step back like the lizard and observing a situation rather than needing to get involved right away. Understanding how all the pieces fit together before we assert our will can make all the difference. I, I t really enjoy seeing how everything is kind of functioning before I get involved in something. And hopefully that helps me to take an action that is taking into account uh, all of the different web-like relationships that need to be accounted for to have the most effective action. Okay, so that's our lizard animal uh, for the, the full moon. Now, we do have a hexagram for this week and this full moon as well. And that is number 61, which is translates to inner truth, inner sincerity, conformity between what is on the outside and what is on the inside. And there's a quote in many of these I Ching texts that talks about inner sincerity can can move even pigs and fish, right? So through being your true authentic self, you can get a lot done. And, and really, this journey in Leo is how do we become the tr true to ourselves? And as I was saying before, how can we reflect in our actions publicly who we are and what we believe in our inner state? Oftentimes, the most difficult things that we experience in life is when there is a disconnect between who we are and our expression out in the world. And part of that Leo journey is to become authentic through connecting and unifying those two things. And the I Ching was right on. It said, just, it's kind of just be yourself. If you have to try on new masks, if you have to try on new personas, that's okay. But eventually, that will lead to one that resonates with you that you can uh, that will be more of an expression of who you really are versus who you're maybe trying to be for others' expectations for other people's benefits. The other thing I haven't discussed really today is that there is a challenge between that Leo Aquarius axis 
with trying to conform to what others expectations are in Leo right and the challenge of that and the need for approval whereas in the Aquarius placements a lot of the times people that have strong Saturn and Aquarius signatures in their chart they don't care what other people think they're doing what is right for the long-term social benefit whether they get acknowledged for it or not and that's very painful sometimes if we have a lot of Leo placements in our chart and I think Pluto and Aquarius is going to challenge us to say how can we do what's right whether we get immediate acknowledgement for it or not and that's going to be a question that each one of us is going to have to answer individually so that's the animal in the hexagram I have for you uh, I hope that all of you are doing well we just got a few more comments that I'll put up here appreciate all of you being here today Big Steph says those caps are lo loath to share, share a burden even admit something is a burden yep I agree so be kind to your Capricorn friends out there uh, check in with them every once in a while try to draw them out oftentimes they will just endure something and you'll never know they'll be like a cat and eventually they'll be dying behind the dryer and you're like I didn't even know you were sick so it, we can help people like that in our lives by trying to communicate with them okay and through asking what they need right if you have someone that you think has it together all the time sometimes they do and sometimes they're just carrying a silent burden so how can we tap into our compassion for the, the folks that we lean on regularly and, and instead of dumping our burdens onto those folks how can we try to alleviate some of their burdens through our, our compassion especially with the people that seem like they they have the most together often they're they are the ones suffering in silence and need help Jennifer says yay the Sun came out oh, I'm excited about that I'm excited to take a walk soon Devin says Leo can represent where we need to feel crowned in our lives absolutely absolutely where we relish adoration and sometimes it's hard to let go of that um, this is a conversation I've had both with myself in the mirror and with my lovely Leo rising daughters how do we release the need for public approval and do something because it resonates with our own inner guidance and our own solar will and I've told her myself I've said sometimes at some point I'm not gonna be there don't do things because you want my approval do things because it's the right thing to do and it resonates with your truth so inner truth hexagram 61 alright my friends I think that's what I've got for you today this has been exciting I'm Spencer Michaud thank you so much for being here today with me um, do me a huge favor please like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already you're doing me a huge service by uh, increasing the amount of people that will hear our message if you believe in the message that we talk about here that goes a long way to, to, to spreading it far and wide uh, you can visit me over at spencermichaud.com if you want to sign up for a reading or you want to see what I'm up to over there there's also webinars that I teach that are two and a half to three hours long that you can find in the store and please follow me over at Spencer Michaud on uh, Instagram Twitter X whatever it's called or on threads that's where you can find me I am somewhat active over there but uh, mostly you're gonna see me here on YouTube and Instagram alright my friends that's what I've got for you we got a late super sticker coming in thank you Laura Elizabeth for your super sticker appreciate you friend thank you big Steph wonderful as always she says off to watch political tarot oh my goodness nice outlet for crazy days have a great weekend all 
Thanks, Spencer, says Devin. Thank you, my friends. Remember, remember, remember. Super important. Be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself. Think about how you can contribute to the whole, but take your own needs into account too and be true to yourself throughout all of these changes and challenges. And we'll get through it together. We'll just keep communicating about uh, what the best thing might be for everyone and allow everyone the freedom to be themselves and we'll get through it together. All right, friends, that's what I've got. Take care. Peace.